What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. We are back in the building. We are back in the building for another blue chip mindset number 40. All right. Hey, blue chip mindset number 40, guys. Um, If you missed it, if you're new to the blue chip mindset, we have 40 episodes of us not talking specifically about relationship dynamics between men and women. Although we include it because it's an important thing. You cannot go in life and exclude relationship dynamics. So we got to entitle, we got to entangle it. But, th- but today, every Wednesday, we get our mind on our money and our money on our mind. And that's what we do here at the Blue Chip Mindset Series. All right. I got money. What we're trying to get men to understand is leverage and options. All right. Leverage and options. What we need to have an understanding is, and that one lady said it so eloquently, if you're messing with a ninja who got options, coochie game ain't going to work for her. Uh, coochie gang ain't gonna work for you. And a lot of women don't know anything but coochie gang, right? And so when they play coochie gangs with you and you are a man that has leverage and options or you a man that aspires to have leverage and options, the coochie games don't work the same, all right? Neither does any individuals try to come in and, you know, try to bring you down because of, of, of what you have going on. You know you have something better going on than what they have. And so that is the whole thing. So we're going to get into this one. The, the title of today's show is 511 Ways. <laughs> 511 Ways to Invest in Yourself. And of course, we're not going to give you 511. All right. But we're just going to give you uh, a couple of that, that you can deal with. You know, we can't give you everything all in one show. But I often overpack, uh, overpack, pause. These shows with details and information. So, all right. I oftentimes live by the phrase you you underpromise and overdeliver. All right, underpromise and overdeliver. Remember that one when you're thinking of selling something. You underpromise and overdeliver. All right, that is the way to be successful in our world. A lot of people think that that they can hold back information, hold back details, and they'll overpromise and underdeliver. See, the opposite of underpromise overdeliver is overpromise and underdeliver. And oftentimes, when you're dealing with relationships, Many people will overpromise and they will definitely underdeliver and you will be in a bad deal, right? A lot of people, um, a lot of times they will say, hey, I'm going to promise to do this. I promise to do that. And then they underdeliver and then you're like, damn, I got a bad deal. But you don't know how to wriggle out of it. You don't know how to wriggle out of it. So one of the things that you could do, and I'm not consistent with that, but I try to, especially when I'm doing my presentations, is to give you the most possible in the time that we have. And so I appreciate the time that you guys are investing in this program and this is the blue chip mindset again not a lot of people watch the show not a lot of people watch the playbacks on this one but i'm still dedicated to delivering this type of content because i think people need it we need the gossip we need the information we need the stories about divorce we need the marriage will we need the dating advice we need to know about these celibates out here we need to know about the straggling sniggles all right we need to know about those things all right <laughs> somebody says over promise and over deliver okay Grant Cardone says overpromise and overdeliver. Shout out to him. Uh, but um, sometimes, you know, when you want to surprise the people that you're doing, yes, I'm going to do great business for you or great business with you. And then you go in there and you lay the hammer on them. Pause. So this information, this is your daily bread. This is the information you need on top of the information that I give you in the relationship entrapment and snarement of the relationship. So we got to do that. 
Um, and oh, there's a playlist that I tell you. There's a playlist. Link is in the description box on almost all of the blue chip mindset series so far. There's some that are missing that I got to go in there and put in and reorder things, but almost all of them are there. So if you do have some extra time, go ahead and head to the playlist that is on this channel. As a matter of fact, you should go ahead and head over to the Notorious CGA channel over on YouTube. It is actually glowing, growing very good. We are just about, and let me just go ahead and show it on the screen. Let's go ahead and flash it. Um, there's a lot that I we're going to tell you here. This 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 also allows me an opportunity to uh, tell you guys what I do other than making content. Notorious CGA channel. This is mostly a vlog channel uh, where I'm, I'm preparing it to have a big, big year coming up in 2023 of doing vlog style content. I hired a videographer. Uh, we're going to be following around. They're going to be following me around uh, making content. Uh, not exclusively RP content, but more content that's going to elevate you to a higher level as well. And uh, some of my old vlogs are on there right now. And uh, we're going to get that monetized very soon. So head over there at the Notorious CGA channel. The link's in the description box. And it also is featured on my main on this channel as well. You can see it right there. There it is right there. So uh, anyway, anyway, that's going to be my fun channel. That's going to be my hobby channel. You're also going to see the therapy room. The therapy room is still being built. It's still being supplied and filled in. Uh, I'm looking forward to showing you guys that part of the life because we're actually going to talk about that later. The therapy room is next door. All right. It has a massage table, too. It has a girl that comes in two times a week and rubs coach down. And she's barefoot, too. And she's a little Filipina chick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we'll show you what goes down in the therapy room. Ten toes up, twinkle toes, 25 and all that. Uh, but anyway, man, we're going to show you what goes down in the therapy room. And uh, it's a collective room. It's a room that I can go and relax and be me and all of that stuff. So uh, so that's going on, too. Anyway, to let your voice be heard, Dollar Sign CGA Live right here on the Cash App. On Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV. And on PayPal, it is uh, Coach, it is paypal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. So, uh. Feel free to make your contributions here to this game. This is the game that you guys really need right here. I'm telling you, man, y'all be on the Peace League patrol out here, patrolling for Peace League, and you ain't ready yet. I'm just letting y'all know, man. <laughs> he said it's the Jack Shack. Oh, it ain't the Jack Shack, but uh, it is, it's not the nasty room either. We don't do nothing in there. That's the bedroom. Uh, but a lot of dudes aren't ready, you know, and especially young men, you're led astray. You're kind of disadvantaged with the testosterone thing. Uh, you're kind of led astray. You're going to waste a lot of time in years. I know you are. I know despite what I say, I've done it myself. Uh, we're going to waste a lot of time in years trying to uh, please women. And women are fickle. It's, this is not a negative about them. Let me go ahead and put the disclaimer up. Uh, I'm not talking negative about them, but they're fickle. And they're never going to give you the real. All right. What they tell you a uh, second later, they'll say the exact opposite. They're people pleasers. They're social creatures. So you're never going to get what you really uh, you're never going to get what what uh, what she really feels. She's never going to really tell you that. All right. Oftentimes, it's going to be emotive. Even if she puts you down, even if she says something negatively about you, there's something so positive about you that she actually have to be there watching you. Right. She's there watching you. She said something negative about you. But the indicator is she's interested in you in some sort of way. And so she's still there so that you can't even trust when they say negative things about you because it ain't real. They're fickle. All right, they're fickle. They they will hang around you and talk negatively about you. So that's their nature. 
Um, when you when you see these things, just never take it. You know, you take it with a grain of salt. You take never take it at face value. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just be like, eh, it is what it is. So um, when it comes down to it, you'll understand that you've been lied to, manipulated. You haven't been told the truth. And um, you only get this truth from women when when you have leverage and options. When you have leverage and options, you'll get closest to the truth as possible. And many women will ultimately disqualify themselves because they know they can't measure up to you, right? They know they can't measure up to you. They'll say, I want somebody on my level or above. Well, this leverage and options will make it so that they'll disqualify themselves and they'll disqualify themselves by putting you down. They won't say, they won't say, hey, I don't qualify for you. So big ups to you and glad you're ahead of me. No, they'll say, I don't qualify for you. And then they'll bring you, try to bring you down to their level. <laughs> right? So you're like, mm, that's not how it works. I have more leverage and options than you. Not only to have more money than you, I'm actually in a better position in life. Well, I don't need all that. I don't need a Porsche 911. Mm. <laughs> I'm not impressed by stuff like that. Meanwhile, the next minute thing out of day breath is the dude got to make six figures. <laughs> mm. Never trust them. So um, anyway, enough about women. Dollar Sign CGA Live on the Cash App. Uh, Coach Greg Adams TV in the building. On Venmo. And then also, where are we at here? Uh, we're at, uh, oh, the PayPal link is at the top. So let's go ahead and acknowledge the earlier contributors to today's show. Um, this show does not promote hate nor harm of any person based on their gender, relationship, status, race, or class. Anyway, Albert Ingram says, quote, all you do is talk about women. You never talk about anything else, uh, unquote. Says the person who never watches your money mindset live streams and never donates anything to you. People who never donate almost get uh, got the most ish to say. Uh huh. Yeah. So we used to call this in sports. The loudest booze will be from the cheap seats. All right. The loudest, the, the loudest people who are against what you're doing will be from the cheap seats because what tends to happen is they've invested very little or they might have invested once, maybe twice. Um, and then their investment is significant to them. So first time they can take their family out for a basketball game, but they can't order any peanuts. They can't order any waters or sodas at the arena. They can't, they can't do nothing. They only could afford the tickets. They didn't pay for parking. They parked all the way down there, five miles away at the free parking lot, walked or took a bus. So they're significant. Their, their, their investment is significant in their mind, but it's minuscule to you. So in essence, the loudest booze will come from them. But the people who are in the good seats, the 100 level, they paid for the parking. They bought sodas. They actually have a waitress that brings them food right there in the front row. They don't never be booing. They don't never boo. As a matter of fact, they talk, the cost of the tickets, they got season tickets. They've invested significantly in the franchise. They actually run fundraisers. They show up. You know what I mean? Their kids belong to the kids club. Their kid is a ball boy or uh, um, they mop up the floor. <laughs> right. And so in this situation right there, the middle to the front row, them people are invested. They actually invested in it and it's a part of their culture. They this is not something this is not a live and die situation. Matter of fact, they're not going to boo that loud because the players can see them right there. Oh, word. Oh, you got something to say. You know what I mean? The players looking at you, you booing. <laughs> so they're going to be like, mm -hmm. but they invest in a lot of money, right? But it's not, a, it's a lot of money to you, not a lot of money to them. So in essence, uh, this is what happens. The loudest booze come from the cheap seats. 
<laughs> you always have to know that. Uh, and that's what I know. A lot of times that dude, there was one dude left a comment on my video. This dude, this and that he was going off because it was one of the blue chip mindset series where I was saying, I, and I told you before, I said, I don't know how to deliver this message. It's I can only deliver it with tough love. I gave you guys plenty of warning during that stream. This is a tough love. I can't deliver it nice. And I'm going to, you know, some people were going to be made to feel bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize before I had said it midstream. And at the end, this dude with feelings were hurt. I can't believe you're talking down to us. He was like, CGA's talking down. And he used to do this and he's this and that. I hate him. I'm done with him. Unsubscribe. I was like, I told you, punk ass. I told your punk ass I'm going to go in hardcore pause. You know what I mean? This is the only way I can do it. I can't be like, oh, fans. Hey, everybody, we're going to be motivating today. Hey, this is going to be a very inspirational message. I'm going to go sit your ass down. And then, my, by the way, the dude's been here for a long time. And I basically replied, I don't remember you ever donating. Because he basically was like, you're talking now to the people who, do who donate to you. I was like, first of all. 90-something percent of people do not donate to me that watch my show, that subscribe to me. They, they don't. 90% they, don't, do not. All right, some of y'all, 90% got ad blockers. Y'all don't even watch the ads when I had ads on the damn thing. So what are you talking about? Number one. Number two, I ain't never seen you donate. Never even heard your name before. So what are you talking about? You're donating to the lifestyle he lives? What? <laughs> All right. With that being said, it is what it is. And by the way, and by the way, yeah, they barely hit the like button. <laughs> what, what people have to understand is this. And, and the situation uh, of, of, of the information we're giving you, 90% of people who watch this show do not even apply any of the information that I gave in two and a half hours. All right? In two and a half hours, people listen. And they won't even apply it to their life. And that's what we're going to fo focus on today. Practical application. I want to help you out. And if you're a person that is not able to donate now, it's no big deal. I'm not criticizing people for not donating. I'm just giving you the reality of the statistics. But what I want you to do is be able to apply one, two, three things in here. You can't disagree with everything that I'm talking about. Apply it to your life. And then maybe, maybe in the position you can donate to me or another content creator who might take my place. Right. That's what we're doing here. That is the purpose of this. I'm not in this for, you know what I mean? I want to be able to propel you to be who you want to be so that you can do this for the next guy or you can be the next content creator. All right. So anyway, enough about that. Where are we at? We're on cash is app. Cash is app sipping on scissor too. All right. We got, um, let me see here. <laughs> DGC more. He says older brother conspires to extort. Paul, I can't pronounce his last name, of money. And I looked up the story. It looks like there's a football player um, whose older brother, he's a World Cup winner, and um, he paid $100,000, equivalent to $100,000, to an organized group that included his brother that was trying to extort him for millions of dollars. He plays in Francais. I don't know if I can I say Francais. I mean, terrible. These are things that you guys have to worry about. When you start making money, you become a target. You can become a target to women. This is why I said when the high-value man thing was coming out, I said these are high-value targets. People thought I was hating. But 
it is true. You're a high value target. You're going to be targeted. And uh, targeting is not going to seem malicious. People are just going to make themselves more available to you, including women. Now, later on, they can switch the story and become victimized. Same thing with people in your family. They're going to start having business ideas or ways to extort you or bringing the wrong nefarious people around your life, right? And you have to learn how to segregate yourself from that. All right, a lot of people will try to maintain loyalties to family simply because you have a bloodline, but the bloodline don't work the same for many people, unfortunately. So you got to be careful. Shout out to XO Pro Services in the building. Thank you, sir. Your boy Scoop says Leo left a 25-year-old, another 25-year-old woman in a chart. Don't lie. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Actually going to be in the, uh, the later show. J Flo, it's the 31st and it's the 31st of the month. Your rent's due, motherfucker. All right, ladies, are you short on rent this month? Come see CGA. I can't give you the whole rent. I might not even give you a third of the rent, but I can help you out. You know what I mean? I'm giving out discounts on the 31st because I know funds are tight. I mean, you're going to have to slash prices. All right. You're going to have to slash prices. Do not come in me talking about, well, my rate is. I don't care what your rate is. I know you need to make rent. Your rent's due, motherfucker. You better slash them prices or you better come see me on the double. You better give me a two for one special. (laughs) All right. Two for one out here on the 31st through the 5th. That's how I do it for these celibates out here. Fast Money Teddy says, Dr. John's advice. From last night gets the buzzer. All right. How to ruin your wife in 15 minutes by Dr. John Deloney. All right. Kirby H says 511 ways you help us men. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you, man. And this is experience talking. Shout out to Simon Small. Thank you for the ongoing blue chip series. Hashtag free agent for life. Malik Brand tempted by Tinder yesterday, but I held strong. Yeah, man, I know. Tempted by Tinder, boy, what a better waste of time. No no better way to ruin your self-esteem than to go on to Tinder. No, no better way to ruin your mental health than to go on to Tinder. No better way than to go and wrestle with swine than to download the Tinder app. Now, you can do it for shits and giggle. You can do it for entertainment. I know I'm beyond the Tinder demographic economically. Uh, that might be it. I mean, listen. That's all you need to If you have anything, if you're physically beyond the Tinder demographic, if you're economically beyond the Tinder demographic, no better way than to ruin your self-esteem than to head over to Tinder. <laughs> okay. Tinder is, um, somebody had a video about this. I don't even know who it is. I didn't even see the video, but they were like, Tinder ruins mental health. I can't remember who it was. I saw it as an, an a suggestion. But Tinder ruins men's mental health. Absolutely. Especially if you're desperate, like if you're trying to please the porkers that are on Tinder. I mean, those people to me are garbage. 90% of the people are garbage and the other 5% are fake profiles and the other 5% are looking for attention. I mean, yes, I can score layups like I was going coast to coast, Magic Johnson style, no look pass to Michael Cooper uh, and James Worthy filling the lane. I can score 46-year-old women like crazy. All right, I can go on Tinder and go and go cray 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 cray. But it's a waste of my time. See, people think when I say Tinder ruins your self-esteem that it means you're not getting any matches. That's a lot of dudes. But a lot of times, you'll go over there and you'll be a catch on Tinder, if you will, 
for leftover women and you can run through them like crazy. However, you still got to look at the slopalops that you ran through. And it's not good for you. I've been telling you this. I'm not I'm not policing your salami. You could do whatever you want. At some particular point, I had to give up slamming my salami and slopalops. I had to do. I cannot be with slopalops no more. I mean, I still indulge here from time to time. But you guys whole rotation is filled up with slopalops. And I can't do it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so be careful with your pride. Be careful with your self-esteem. Once I figured out that there was 21 to 25 year old women that could come over and drop off some peace leaves like a Domino's pizza. I was like, well, wait a minute here. <laughs> Perhaps I might have to readjust this. Uh, let's see here. All right. Shout out to Alvin. And Alvin T, he says, keep up the good work. Thanks for you. Appreciate you. And uh, J.H. Shabazz says, free agent for life. F them haters. Love this info. All right, we're going to get in here. PayPal, we'll catch up to you. PayPal, we'll catch up to you. Oh, let's get into the first part of the show. I guess we can take this banner down right here. Hey, the first part of the short show is called Risk Versus Rewards. So um, everybody knows this information. Oh, you know what? Actually, I have to set up what the blue chip mindset is all about. All right. This is because people are like, what is this blue chip stuff? Here it is right here. A uh, blue chip is in the American lexicon. I have to give this speech every time because there's always one person that hasn't seen this show. So the blue chip mindset here, blue chips in the American lexicon. You have all Ivies. Some people send their kids to only blue chip universities. All right. When I lived in Southern California, um, uh, there's probably 40 public university institutions which they're all pretty good they're all pretty good but there is a group of people that would never send their kids to a cal state university school there's two systems university of california california state i graduated from i graduated from a california state university which is subpar to the university of california system the university of california system is somewhat all ivy with uc berserkly and ucla all right, here we go. New, 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 new world order. And there's also a bunch of private schools in Southern California, which is, uh, or in, in California in general, USC, Loyola, Marymount, Pepperdine, uh, University of San Diego. Uh, I'm missing a bunch of them, but uh, you know what I mean. So in California, the uppity ups, the mucky mucks, the blue chip mindset people, they only want to see their kids in the top all Ivy universities in california and it's almost difficult to even get into any of these schools so in their mind they would never send their kid to a cal state fullerton cal state northridge cal state long beach that's subpar for the upper upper class people they're like no way i i didn't sacrifice my life and raise my kids and send them to good schools and move to good neighborhoods and pay high tax rates to send my kids to cal state fullerton right they're not going to do it but many middle class people who don't have a blue chip mindset, oh, they're like, oh, Cal State Fullerton's a good school. All right. Listen, it's decent. <laughs> I'm decent. And then your dad's age group, yeah. I mean, come on, you can get a degree from the degree mill if you want, but the blue chip mindset people will never do that. They'll never do that. And this is a mindset. So a lot of people will say, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with UNLV? Right. Well, the, the upper ups would never send their kid. Matter of fact, it's a stain on the reputation of the family. It's a stain on the hard work the husband has done 
to raise their kids properly, it's a stain on them to have your kid end up going there. Now, of course, there's arguments to say, well, you don't have to send them there. You can send them to a junior college. And the junior college kids will transfer in and you'll have a decent education. And that's true. That's true. But a lot of times people get lost in junior colleges and we need to explore that as well. A lot of people get sidetracked and distracted in their life's goals in junior colleges. A lot of people start working at Subway and become a manager while they're at junior college. And then all of a sudden they get lost. It takes them two, three, four, 50, 11 years to get their associate's degree and they never transfer into a blue chip university. We need to talk about that. So, yes, it's a discount, but a lot of people never make that next leap when they go to junior college, right? So when we talk about blue chip, that's the mindset we're talking about. Um, here's the another thing right here. Um, blue chip right here recruits. They use blue chip right there. There it is right there related to recruits, five-star recruits, four-star recruits. Okay, these are the most targeted recruits on the on the on the um on the recruiting uh uh, class in the high school class, right? So these are the kids that you want that are going to take your program to the next level. Here's another um, lexicon, blue chip stocks. So this idea of blue chip has always been ingrained in our American culture. So let me go ahead and close those tabs right there. Close those tabs. Speaking of options and leverage, uh, I love this video of Steph Curry. I show this video all the time. Uh, this is a great video. Uh, this is a man, Steph Curry. He's the $250 million man right here. And, uh, uh oh, I got to turn this down. I wonder how. Oh, here we go. There's the volume right there. We got to turn this down. This is how women, despite the fact that they might say, you know what? It's not about a man's money. It's not about this. It's about his confidence. It's about this and that. What it is, is that he has options. He has leverage in the world. And this is how women look at men with leverage and options. So what they'll say is before this man appears, I don't care about money. I don't care about Porsches or I do care about money. I do care about Porsches, but he has to be this. He's got to be six feet tall. You know, all the things that, you know, men who are insecure without leverage and options complain about. Then you ultimately get leverage and options. And then you realize the rules go right out the window. The rules for the beta are not the rules for the men with the leverage and options. And this is the blue chip mindset right here. So here you have a woman apparently sitting next to her date front row and center right there on the baseline. And she don't care. She's willing to risk it all. When you got the resources, the rules don't apply. When, so this is, the, this is what I've been trying to get through. And it took me a while to actually talk about this um, because in the beginning, I was talking to about free agent lifestyle, right? And I was talking about this, but I was building myself to a point where leverage and options. So now when you get leverage and options, you can re-enter the game, which I talked about in the free agent lifestyle. You can re-enter the game, and now you're a free agent, but now you've raised your stock. You've raised your price with leverage and options. You've raised who you are. Now you come back, and tender to you is trash. Because when you go back out there, yes, that's a celibate for sure. He's going to have to pay for that no matter what. I don't care if he, if he has games. I don't care if she's looking at him like that or not. Yes, he can get a freebie on her, but he's still going to have to pay. But leveraging options is the key. And this is what people will, men and women will look at you. Men will look at you as a big old fat target, meaning a robbery target or somebody that they want to network with. And women will look at you as somebody that they may want to procreate with or just be around. 
or maybe practice procreation. Do you see what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen? Do you see what I'm talking about? So, um, <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, as you can see, as you can see, boy, she was ready. And as we know, um, if Wardell Steph Curry would have went there, especially as a married man, um, if as a married man, he would have to pay for that as well. He would have to hide it, play games, or they would have an open relationship and she would have to be a part of that and accept her role. Should she not accept her role, she can make a tell-all book and expose the relationship that you have with your wife, which is somewhat open, um, allegedly, and it's still a payment. She can claim harassment, abuse. She can get pregnant on accident. There's a lot of things that can happen that that payment will be uh, due. You would have to actually uh, make that payment. So um, that's that on the blue chip mindset. All right. Let's talk about the first thing here. The one of the 511 ways that uh, you can help build yourself. And I want you to do the math in your head. I want you to do the math. Every one of you are capable of earning $1 million. Do you guys believe that? Here we are in my motivation right now. I'm talking nice to you. <laughs> many of you, many of you are capable of earning $1 million. I've already heard and earned $1 million in my life. Go ahead and say congratulations. I've also been homeless or without house as well and living in a car. So it's all good. But I want you guys to understand that. Let's look at the data here related to this. Let's look at the data. Here it is right here. As much doom and gloom as we report over here. Look at this. A million new millionaires were created in the United States of America last year. And the richest got richer. This is what a report says. And obviously there were several ways that millions of people became millionaires. Now, I've been saying this a long time. I've been living in communities where um, I saw people struggling, struggling economically in other communities. But in my community, I was like, they ain't struggling. They still out here traveling. They still out here living. They still out here at the South Coast Plaza buying Louis bags. Right. So there was a group of people that prepared themselves for this situation. And now they're being able to capitalize on where other people did not prepare where you imprisoned yourself by what student loan debt. You've imprisoned yourself by debt. Poor poverty mindset, being stuck in racial issues, which I told you in chapter three of the free agent lifestyle, don't participate in racial issues. All right, so waste of your time. And people get stuck there. And I keep saying that and people keep calling me an Uncle Tom. But I'm telling you, as a man that was stuck in those things, listening to Tupac, listening to Public Enemy, <laughs> and then I saw them making music with white people, I was like, wait a minute. I saw them figure it out and go, well, it's about economics at the end of the day. When you get stuck in those issues, um, somebody left a comment. You love white women. Just admit, admit it. And I'm like, when did I not admit it? You're stuck in it. It was very clear that I've been talking about this for three or four years. <laughs> right? Come on. Everybody knows where my preference lies when I'm talking about lying, laying down some pipe and 10 toes up. Doesn't mean I won't have another person in the bed. But you're stuck there, even when I, it's clear what it is, even when it's clear what it is, it's very clear what it is. You're stuck there and you've been listening to me for three years and you're trying to get me into this race bait conversation. That's a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. It's never going to change. You're not going to change me. You're not going to shame me. 
but you're only hurting yourself. You're only hurting yourself. And I always tell people, and, and a lot of people don't realize this, in chapter three of the book that I wrote in 2018, I said, get rid of racial issues. It's clear in that book. You see that book right there? Hold on for a second. You see, there's the book right there. People think I made that up as I started improving my status in the, in, on YouTube. It's not true. I've always believed that. And I stopped doing it somewhere around the age of 22, maybe 21. I figured out this is an absolute waste of my time. And I try to encourage young black men that that is the one thing that is actually screwing you over. You're screwing yourself over. You're screwing yourself over. I mean, I'm just telling you. Uh, get out of Philadelphia and New Jersey. But with that being said, let's talk about one of the things that would help you in your investing in yourself. Because we want you to invest in yourself. We want you to invest in yourself. People often ask me, what do I invest in, coach? Shit, I don't know. I don't have a um I don't have a Series 63 license. I make investments, but these are investments that I like. They may not work for you. But the biggest thing you can do is invest in yourself. All right? And so people will say, uh how do I invest in myself? Well, let's start right here. Books. Books. All right? So a lot of people will say, "What's your favorite book?" Well, my favorite book is my favorite book. It won't be your favorite book. And a lot of people, I, I have an extensive library of books. If you ever walk into a woman's home and you never see books, run. Okay. That means she has no depth. And if her books involve some sort of self-help, chicken noodle soup for the soul, you know she's damaged. But all of us are damaged. You got to have books. And I would tell you guys. Once you read a certain amount of books, now you got to start doing what? Practical application. So I have the books that I like. Now you got to start applying them because you can read all the books that you want. If you don't start applying a lot of the knowledge, it's absolutely useless after a period of time. So the books that I've read have been coaching books. I've read a lot of coaching books. As I, um, um, Phil, Mike Krzyzewski. I've read a lot of coaching books. Bill Walsh. And a lot of that was based on leadership. I've also read a lot of leadership books. Everybody knows that I'm a real big believer in leadership, and I follow leadership. I don't follow politics. I follow leadership dynamics. How does this leader present himself? Is he fallible? Is he goofy? Is he strong? Is he belligerent? Is he angry? Is he what kind of leadership style? And I actually follow a person based on their leadership style as opposed to their politics because leadership style is what matters. If you're coaching a team, and your team is losing or winning, your leadership style will impact that group of people, not your politics. So when the chips are down, what is your leadership style? Can you get everybody's morale back up or does everybody's morale go back down? That's what I follow and that's what type of books that I read because that's important to me. And I don't care who the leader is. I can disagree with them vehemently and I can read their book because I like to read about leadership styles. And actually it impacts a whole bunch of my mindset as well. So leadership styles, I actually read about Self-help as well. Not so much, but maybe motivation. Okay. Some books that have helped me, Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk, helped me extensively become who I am on YouTube, right? It helped me become who I am on YouTube. So those type of things have helped me significantly. And those, uh, maybe uh, even a portion of the book was the book that helped me. Don't ever go into books thinking that you need to read it because everybody suggests it. Like, 48 Laws of Power or The Art of War. Now, you might not understand it when you read it. 
it might not even be helpful at all. It might be a waste of your time. But because everybody says it and everybody can say, well, law 46 and law 21 doesn't mean you need to read it. You need to find the books that can help you. And I will always tell you five books, grab five books and know them, know them well. You don't have to know them word for word, but know what it means and know what you want to apply to it. And then you can actually propel yourself to the next level. So another favorite book of mine is The Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Everybody always talks about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was a great book too. But that book led me to the class cash flow quadrant. And if you watch the blue chip mindset, I actually quote a lot of times the cash flow quadrant. So the cash flow quadrant was very helpful in me developing a mindset past the employee phase, right? Because we're all trained to be employees. And a lot of us are never trained to be beyond the employees. That's where the money is, risk and reward. So the cash flow quadrant led me to go, holy shit, now I can really figure out, all right, now I can really figure out what this money game is about. So when you're thinking about money, let me see if I can pull up. I always pull up my graph of the cash flow quadrant just so you guys, um, and you don't have to read it. Please don't think you have to read the cash flow quadrant. But let me just go ahead and show you what, what it basically breaks down because this is important in the money mindset uh, or the blue chip mindset series. Here it is right here. Okay, you're either an E, B, S, or I, all right? And then this is basically, if you're an employee, you have no leverage, you make very minimal amount of money, your time capacity is split between one job, and most people are here, probably 60, 70, 80% of people in the United States are in the employee mindset. Some people go on to want to start a business, but ultimately they become self-employed. Most of my business have been self-employed, so it's not really a business, you're just working for yourself which gives you more leverage than you had when you were an employee many times. It gives you more opportunity to earn more money and you've created a job. However, you're not where you need to be the business. If you want to get into the millionaire status, you need to be in a business mindset where people work for you. And even if you get a small percentage of capacity of performance from those people, by having multiple people work for you, it gives you a little bit more leverage and more money. Then when you get to the investment stage and you can go from E to I, B to I, S to I, it doesn't matter. There's no order. But when you become an investor, this is where you make passive income or residual income or compound interest, the three and more, most important words in your investment other than investing in yourself. Then you start making more money. And it says right here, I would rather earn 1% off of 100 people's effort than 100% of my own effort. So this is the cash flow quadrant. All right, this book was had very, very high impact in me on becoming a self-employed person into an investor. You don't have to go from self-employed to business. You can go from self-employed to an investor. All right, so um, big thing about books. Also love history books. Also love history books. Read books, all right? Even if you can't read. And by the way, I've written books and I can't even read. <laughs> I'm not a great reader. And I'm I get bored when I read. Never think, oh man, I should be enjoying this book. No, man, I want to go to sleep after I read a couple of paragraphs. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. I actually wrote books. Right. I actually wrote books. And the beautiful thing about being in this generation is you don't even have to read the book. They now have them on Audible. So head over to Amazon. Check out the books that I've written. All right. Not a lot of people. Not you. You know how many people actually want to write books? 
I'm going to write a book one day. Well, I have. <laughs> All right, shit. I'm ahead of the game. I know people want to hate, but I've written three books. Well, two and a half. Well, two and two and a quarter. Two and a quarter books. Most people would love to write a book and they ain't never put pen to paper yet. And they've been talking about it for 20 years. Okay, one of the book books are great ways to actually be able to earn passive or residual income on the long term. So that's an investment in yourself. That's an investment in yourself. Coach, you doing the audio in audio books? I am for the free agent lifestyle, but not on de-evolution. I could not. Let me tell you something. Recording audio books is like a pain in the ass. I ain't never doing that again. Unless I get paid handsomely, I will have to get a deal. Uh, so books, let's do another one right here. Let's do number two of the 511 ways that you can invest in yourself. If you ever want to know what investments you should make, be able to invest in yourself. And I see a lot of people that are investors and um, they're not even investing in these, these things. You're like, wow, like how in the world can you say you're an investor and you're not investing in these things because these things are critical. All right. Body and health. Body and health. All right. So body, obviously, you know, um, we live sedentary lifestyles. We sit in chairs for long periods of time. Uh, many of us consume GMO products. Many of us are built very lumpy and soggy and sloppy. And uh, we become content. We become that video. Um, what's that movie called? I keep Wally, Wally, where the dude is in the chair and we're sitting there. Uh, I call it tech neck. All right, where your neck is naturally in this position, always looking down. So I would always correct my kid's posture and say, you got tech neck. All right, meaning you're always looking down like this, right? And so now you're, you've extended your vertebrae and your <laughs> everything's all jacked up. Eventually, our necks will be designed just to look down. All right, our neck muscles won't be able to be able to held, be held up. So if you're conscious of that, you actually will understand that. Sitting down for too long is not a natural position for us human beings, although it will probably evolve into a natural position because most of us sit down all day. I remember I walked into this freaking real estate office. I was in Dallas looking for real estate. I walked into this office. There's a little Latina there. She had a pretty face. And I asked her for some information and I could tell she wasn't too thrilled about helping me. <laughs> she wasn't too thrilled about helping me. So her ass sat there, right? And she was like, eh, eh, and I was like, well, can you go get somebody? I was like, you need to go. Is there an agent in the house? Can you go get somebody? And she was kind of like. <sighs> so she got up. And she got up and started waddling down that hall. Now, if she didn't stand up, I thought she would have been petite. She was a small woman to begin with. She probably was five foot one, five foot two. By the time she stood up and I saw how wide her ass was, I could not believe it. I was like, the hell? <laughs> shit I'm like I, that's unbelievable that from the neck up you can look that pretty and then you could just be a slop a lop like that just sitting down in chairs and I said I, I imagine she does she sits down in that chair she does not plan to get up only to run to the restroom to get some coffee and get lunch that's it that's her entire exercise program and she punks snacks chips Doritos potato chips and beers, and cervezas, I mean, and tacos, all through, bruh, it was actually just disgusting, I was like, bruh, like, how did you let yourself get that way, and she could not have been older than 32, she was not older than 32, but see, in our country, 
we believe that we can somehow achieve high level and high status, but be absolute slops. Now, I'm not in the best shape of my life at this particular moment. I have been in very, very good shape. I know a lot of people want to see what I look like under this chest right here. They're like, coach, probably got a pot belly. And many of your YouTube content creators be hiding under the chest right here, right? That's all they show. And they be looking fat as hell. <laughs> all right. But uh, this was the coach right here. I don't want to brag. I don't want to boast. Yes, it's an old picture. But this is me, at least in this last decade. Okay. So I've done my work. <laughs> I've done my work. Pause, by the way. Pause. Wait. I'm not happy. You're not happy. <laughs> so in this situation, I was in very good shape. And I've achieved very good shape at some points in my life. And uh, at this point in my life, I don't want to achieve that good of shape anymore. I don't want to achieve that type of shape. It was fun while it lasted. Maybe when I'm 70, I might do that. Maybe I'm, when I'm 70, I might do that. But I don't want to do it anymore. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I don't want to apply myself that way. <laughs> so he said, I don't want to see that. So with that being said, with that being said, the remains of that still sit with me today. I still, in compared to a lot of people, in very good shape because I actually did all of that beforehand. I actually did all of that beforehand. So now where I sit now, five, six years later down the road, I'm actually still in decent shape, especially for a guy in his mid-40s. However, if you're not in good shape, you're not investing in yourself. If you're not trying to get in good shape, you're not investing in yourself. I don't care if you have a lot of money. I know I know men who have a lot of money and they're absolutely fat. They're they're very fat. And these men would try to hire me as a personal trainer. Right? And I'd be looking at them like, "Oh my god, it's going to be tough because you've already been rewarded with the finances, so you're going to be a little demotivated to actually work from square from scratch." So they throw money at me. They would sign up for 30 sessions. I would charge them $100 a session. And I'd say, I want 30 sessions paid in advance. And they paid the check. They paid a check. And it was like pulling teeth. So what I would tell a lot of you guys is try to work before you get the money. All right. Because then it eventually will set you apart from the other men. From the other men that um that um that actually try to achieve wealth first and they get it, but then they try to work backwards to achieve the health. When you're healthy, you'll set yourself apart. You'll set yourself apart from the average ham and egger mouth breather from Topeka, Kansas. Because in Topeka, Kansas, they may not ca uh, care about health as much as they do in Washington, D.C., in New York, in um, Southern California, in Miami, right? In Miami, in those places, they care about health because it's competition out there, right? In the dating marketplace. But in some other places, they'll get fat and happy and comfortable. But when you are healthy, it will set you apart from probably 60, 70, if not 80% of the rest of America. And that's going to be a big deal when you start getting your mind right, right? When you start getting leverage and options. Health, taking care of your body, investing in your body, investing in books, investing in your self-help and your motivation. These are the two things of the 50, 11 ways that you can invest in yourself. These things are going to lead you to your millionaire status. You're going to earn $1 million. You're going to earn it. 
I know you think it's impossible. You're 23 years old. That's impossible, coach. Over 20 years, if you average $50,000 a year, you'll earn $1 million. Over 10 years, if you average $100,000 a year, you'll earn $1 million. Now, you will not feel like a millionaire, right? You will not feel like a millionaire at all because you're not going to be worth a million dollars. You've earned a million dollars. Those are two separate things. You've earned a million dollars. I've earned a million dollars in my life. Most men in their 40s probably has earned a million dollars. So that's not as big as a deal as being worth a million dollars. So that's where you're going to have your big breakthrough. All right. So those are the two things right there. All right. And and I want to say this. If you're a person that earns money and you're able to fulfill and pay for your obligations, you're not broke. Okay. I want you guys to believe that because a lot of times people will make you feel broke when you have very little left over. You're not broke. You've actually were able to fulfill all of your obligations. Now, you don't have enough money to maybe entertain a woman, a greedy woman, or a woman that you like to participate with, right? You're not, you may not have extra money for that. But if you've actually been able to complete your obligations, meaning you paid your rent, your rent's due, motherfucker. You paid your rent. You paid whatever note that you needed to pay. You paid your um, utilities. You're not broke. All right. That is not broke. Broke is not being able to pay obligations. <laughs> Who's kicking people off? I'm not kicking nobody off. I'm talking. How am I doing that? Are you talking to me or are you talking to the people here? Oh, they're, oh, I see what happened. Y'all beefing with the, the, the moderators. So being broke is not being able to pay obligations. In America, that's 40, 50% of people. They can't pay any obligations, and so they have to find other ways to pay these obligations. Those are broke people. People who do pay their obligations, and they may not have many left over, or they actually have to take their budget and cut things out of their budget, which is going to be difficult. I'm giving you some game here. The people who say, well, I'll just cancel Netflix. I'll just cancel cable. I'll just cancel. It's, you're running out of things to cancel because inflation's kicking your ass. So you got to have a different strategy. And that strategy is just cash flow quadrant, blue chip mindset, money mindset. These are the things that I'm telling you because it's we're, we're going back to doom and gloom. We're running out of time, guys. We're really running out of time to make this adjustment in your life. And this is why I've been against dating coaches. Because they're leading you away from what's really important in this time. They're leading you away of really what's important. It's important to you because you want to get your salami wet. Let me just tell you, getting your salami wet in this market is very easy. It's the easiest time in the history of mankind. There's more celibates out here. There's more women willing to sell it to you. And it's very affordable. I'm not telling you you need to do that. But if you wanted to just get a nut, you can go do that. But no, you want somebody to love you for you. You want to prove something out here. You want to have a rotation. This isn't the time for rotation. I'm just letting y'all know. This is a serious time. Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, they don't even have no damn water. They didn't have water yesterday. Nevada and Arizona and California running low on water. You got processed food refinery plants mysteriously being set fire. Okay. Um, you got shipping supplies. You got shortages of foods that are coming up. You got the dollar in inflation going on. You're going to have problems. This is not the time to be BSing around trying to prove your manhood by laying down with women. It's gone. I'm sorry. This isn't the time. We're in a very critical time in our country. And I never thought we would be here. I knew based on where we were going 
with some of these mouth breathers and oxygen thieves out here that we would eventually collapse. But we're collapsing right in front of your face. Okay, we're collapsing right in front of your face, meaning we're going to go to some sort of democratic socialist type government within the next 50 to 75 years being it will be elected and it will be much more authoritarian and we will give up vast amounts of our freedoms because of our desperation. And our dumbass decisions, we talked about this at the end of the other show where um, I was talking about electric cars and everybody's like, what are you talking about? You don't believe that? Well, we went through the housing crisis. Y'all dumbasses got swindled again right there. We went through the student loan crisis. Another example of you getting swindled 20 years down the line, it became clear. The housing crisis, y'all went in, I'm going to do a, a five-year adjustable rate mortgage, no uh, interest-only payments. And then you did all that stupid shit. And then guess what? And then you got the real scoop. When the real scoop showed up, all of a sudden you were like, huh? And people warned you not to do this. It's, it's, it's example after example after example. And that one example that I gave you of electric cars is just another example of you guys going to be stupid. Um, Elon Musk will be living on Mars by the time you guys figure it out. Come on. By the time you guys figure, well, I didn't realize $14,000 for the replacement battery. See, these are things that you lemmings, that you ham and eggers never really figure out. And when I call it, you guys think I'm speaking out of turn. I've been telling you a long time ago to prepare for these, these moments. I predicted it all right here in my book, The Evolution, that we were going to face a crisis. And this crisis is going to lead to authoritarian, authoritarianism, because I study leadership. They're going to appeal to either your lack of security or your lack of finances. Most of the time, these people put you in that situation to actually encourage you to usher into authoritarianism authoritative leadership it is what it is so if you don't want to be a part of that let's give you some positives let's give you some positive if you don't want to be a part of that you better switch your mindset especially for our melanated young men out here kick immediately the racial issues they're not helpful i've seen a lot of these people waste many years talking about we shall overcome and we're gonna do this and do that and turn the other cheek and we're gonna do this and do that and all they gave you was crumbs wasting your time just go ahead and just leave the community right now and leave the straggle daggles and the snickles where they need to be lead them back there complaining you need to go be one of these new millionaires because it's going to get real critical out there when they handing out bread pieces not even loaves of bread they're handing you out slices of bread bro they're going to be handing out slices of bread to you people. But it is what it is. You guys can go out there and we shall overcome all with all you want. Uh, it all, always seems that uh, the, the new millionaires that are being play, uh, made are the preachers and the people connected to the new, 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 new world. The Al Sharptons, the Reverend Jesse Jacksons and the Jesse Jackson juniors. They sure pad their pockets convincing you that there's a racial issue in this country and there's an economic issue in this country. Period. It's about economics. And if you're on the wrong side of the economics, you're going to be on the wrong side of the slices of bread. And there's going to be people eating full slices of bread. I mean, full loaves of bread right in front of your face. They're doing this now. Uh, this is not a warning. This is current news reporting. This is breaking news. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, let's get to the contributions. Speaking of contributions. But this is donations for this information that I'm giving you. And I'm hoping 100% of you will apply this to yourself. 
I'm not in the best financial position. I'm in a better financial position than many people. But I'm not in the best financial position comparative, comparatively. I want better for myself. What am I going to do to try to get better for myself, right? It's okay. Where are we at? <laughs> they like, but coach, he think, I think there's a shirt called, but coach, he's thick coming out too. Um, You know what? I can buy all the thick girls I want right now. <laughs> I can buy them, not buy them. I can rent them right now, right now. Your rent's due, motherfucker. But honestly, those that's a sucker for love language, right? But coach, he thick, I have to do what I got to do just because she's thick. I think it's absolute asinine, and that's why we've made that a, a phrase, but coach, she thick. That's a reason for you to make dumb decisions. No, get your money up. I can lease a thick woman. I can lease the thickest monster right now for a fee, have my fun, and send her back to her straggle struggle ass apartment because that's where she's going. <laughs> and, and have you noticed? Oh, did somebody just delete it? All right, um, Cam, Cam McDowell, where did you get that intercontinental championship belt? And I gave up your name, but we won't, we won't. Sorry, man. Put put it first before you say who what you say. So I don't get say your name. Um, where did I get that belt? I think I ordered it off the WWE website. The WWE website, I think that intercontinental championship belt has always been my favorite belt. It's the workhorses belt. It's the belt that many times they put on either the best heel or the best worker who was a face or a baby face. So it's a rewarding belt. It was a belt that they rewarded people who were kind of on their way to see. what. what. So it's a work horses belt. And many of my favorite wrestlers had the intercontinental belt. So that is my favorite belt right there. Oh, yeah. The macho man, Randy said. All right. So anyway. (laughs) Oh, where do we at? My friends overcharged me. Another tally in the W column. Electric prices in some states expected to rise to at least 12%. But folks worried about who said what at a damn volleyball game. He said, get on your blue chip champion focus. Wow, I, it's absolutely amazing. When that, which I call people Mickey Mouse. It's a Mickey Mouse mindset for me to be worried about what. I mean, I'm worried about it because I think it's kind of a fraudulent story. And I think it's being blown out of proportion. And I think. Mickey Mouse people worry about that. Oh, wow, those people in Utah are racist. Okay. When the next time you're going to be in the Utah and that matters? Mm. All right, you ain't never going to Utah, so why? They And people in Utah tend to stay in Utah. So <laughs> it's never going to impact you. You're never going to have to worry about it. Um, But in the idea of, oh, oh, do you guys want to see something else? I don't know if I'm early on this one. No, I'm not going to share it now. I'm doing the contributions. But look at what electric prices are raising to. And they're also telling you to get an electric car. Hey, listen, I don't know what to tell you, bro. New, 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 new world order. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Hey, you can believe in what you want to believe. All right. Larry Leisure in the building checking in. He says, here's a tip for Kaylee in her new job replying to DMs. He says, yes, I just hired a Kaylee. Metaphorically. Blue chip mindset shows always give me the reset I need. Appreciate your work. Thank you, sir. Uh, Art by Bry says most girls I see on OKCupid aren't even from my area anymore. Wow. They put, I actually live in Asia, but put New York City as my location to meet people. Then try to get flowed out. They try to get flowed out. Passport bros, pay attention. They're catching on. 
are by bride. Absolutely. I see that as well on Seeking. A lot of girls will, and it's a it's a dead giveaway. They'll just put their location as California. It'll say California, comma, California. I know that person's not in California. You Because California, the way people identify themselves in California is by their sub, is by their suburb. Right? In California, everything's a suburb. So you wouldn't even say Los Angeles. You would say West L.A. You would say Hollywood. You would realize Santa Monica. You would actually put that. Now, it might increase your chances to put Los Angeles. But you would people in Los Angeles don't identify as Los Angeles. <laughs> you actually don't identify as California. You identify by your region, Newport Beach, Laguna Beach. Right. That's how you identify in California. And people who don't do that on dating apps, it's a dead giveaway that you're not there. So it's what it is. Same thing in Northern California. You would say Monterey. You would say, you would say San Jose. You wouldn't just say San Francisco. Well, you could probably say San Francisco. You wouldn't say California or Northern Cal. So that's what it is. Anyway. Yeah, or you identify by your area code. You would say the 818, the 805, the 310, the 323, the uh, the 949, the 714, the 562, and so forth and so on. I mean, California is spread out like that. So it's a dead giveaway. And people who do that, New York, New York. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm from New York, New York. What New Yorker says they're from New York, New York? What New Yorker says they're from New York, New York? They would literally be like Manhattan, South Bronx, Uptown, Harlem, Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy. I mean, it would just be Long Island. Or they wouldn't even say Long Island. They would say something like Suffolk County. You know what I mean? They would, it's crazy. Shout out to the BX. So they giveaways on dating apps to prove that people are, and Asian women will do that. I'm actually in Vietnam, but I just set myself here so they can talk to you and juice you out of your money. Nah, man, don't do that. Uh, let's see here. We got, I promised PayPal that I would kick it in with y'all. So we're going to kick it with PayPal on this one and we'll do cash apps on the next break. Okay. Uh, PayPal be slow, man. Shout out to, um, who is this here? We'll call you Nassad. He said, shout out to the red pill manosphere and the coach gang. I've achieved post-separation clarity from my ex-wife. Content or, yeah, content like this has rapidly helped me find closure and set the plan for my next chapter of life. My experience in marriage was exactly as laid out in Coach's marriage will. I've gone monk mode and then refocused on my body and purpose. Fellas, for peace leave, just go overseas. Dominican Republic, Colombia, Panama, or Costa Rica. I'm a passport bro and a nasty boy for life. Just say no to American women and protect your meat. I got money. I got money. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you just trying to find a plan that actually works for you. Um, I don't criticize men for that. Shout out to Kaylin. What did you got to say, brother? What's up, coach? You're right. Men have more in demand. Wait, men have more in demand than a used up peace leave. Only touch, only untouched peace leave can potentially be worth Everything. That's a that's a very old school approach, but yeah, it's going to be hard. It's as we know, it's harder and harder to find women like that, especially after the age of twenty two. 
So that mindset is not being promoted. But yeah, man. Jay Cool says, you may give it to us as tough love, but you also give it to us in a real life way, being a part of our life sort of way as well. Meaning you do not give us some information and walk away. Tell us good luck uh, while laughing at us. It does matter to me. Yeah. Some dudes do get on here and put men down. And it's hard because men, we have it rough. So I don't want to put you down. I don't want to make you feel bad for yourself. Right? It's already hard as men. But uh, I do want you to be aware of what's going on. I've seen the other side. I've lived in too many suburbs to see. I, I see the wealth distribute the wealth gap expanding. So I've lived in cities. I've lived in inner cities. I've lived in suburbs. And I'm going, man, the wealth gap is expanding. Why? And my best guess is going to be mindset. It's all mindset. And we have plenty of things that actually, you know, they pe people try to bring you back into their mindset and it's destructive. You should marry someone. You should settle down. Like, no, I shouldn't. Well, why? Why? You hate women. You hate what's wrong. See, that right there is a proof that people try to drag. Now, financially for you, in the future, it's it could be a net positive. But for most men, it's a net negative. And if you warn them about being a net negative, they didn't criticize you in their oxygen thief mindset to approach something that they themselves use to destroy themselves. They actually shoot themselves in the foot during that. And I go, okay, what are, what are other people doing? Are they doing that? <laughs> Come down to the march, and we're going to march one more time and put up big signs. We're going to put up big signs, and we're going to ask if we can turn the other cheek and overcome. Okay, guess what? Guess what? I'm out. Don't include me in that bullshit. That, that, that is a net negative. Over time, because they got plenty of stories for you to be irate about, over time is going to be a net negative. <laughs> Just letting you know. It's one of those things. It's kind of like, what's the next, what's the next swindle that? And they'll have a never-ending loop of, of stories to rile you up. And I'm not going to get riled up no more. All right, I was riled up when Rodney King, I was appalled. I was like, wow, wow, that's crazy. And then I was like, let me get over that shit. I was waiting to get, <laughs> I was waiting to get pulled over and beat and tased. But I wasn't on PCP driving 150 miles an hour in a Honda Elantra or a Honda, 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 what was it? A Hyundai? I wasn't driving 150 miles an hour in the middle of the night running from the police, laced up on PCP. So it never happened to me. <laughs> it was like a Hyundai accent. It's like, oh, maybe that contributed to him getting riled up a little bit. I had to look at myself. <laughs> Driving through Altadena and Pasadena, pedal to the metal, Hold on for a second. Where are we at? Uh, where are we at here? No name says, I see you, coach, getting back slowly to Rumble. I am. Follow me on Rumble. He says, please keep it up. It'll give you more confidence just in case you know what. But I also understand you, uh, too, where the community is reluctant to alt media. 
Well, I just the problem I have is that um, what is going on here? The problem I have is that sometimes it's it's not very efficient with it. But uh, I'll slowly figure it out. It's just not very inefficient, right? It's inefficient. They make it a lot more complicated. All right, let me do three more and we'll get on to the show. Dewan Nooski says, Nooski says, but I'm in monk mode. He says, this is Nooski, but I'm in monk mode at the moment. I got suspended from seeking. A strag reported me, uh, but it's a blessing because I can save money and think clearly now, cut off the leeches. Uh-oh, damn, what happened? What, what did you do? Don't get over there arguing with them, right? Just And don't deal with straggles. I mean, straggles, I don't care how you're dealing with them. I don't care if you're leasing them. Do not deal with straggles. Van says, Coach, I just saw the Amazon link to your merch. I'm going to save up and cop one of the free agent lifestyle hoodies. Love the face on the hoodies too. Pause. Take me out with the rooster. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. Link is in the description box for merch. Let's get to the show. Yes, let's get to the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get to the show. So we got books, health, and this is going to be the next thing that you're going to do to recognize. Uh, sorry, recognize. I almost gave it away. To invest in yourself. And that is recognize your talents. All right, recognize your talents. That's going to be number three. I know this seems very easy, but uh, it's sometimes the easiest things are the hardest. Is going to be the first step. Um, is to recognize your talents and then figure out how to monetize your talents. So you may be talented in some sort of way. If you want some motivation, go look up this interview with Vlad TV. Vlad is kind of shaky, but Vlad TV did an interview with Teddy Riley, who was one of the most amazing producers in the history of music. And he kind of talks about how he came up and he's revealing his catalog. I mean, he produced stuff that I didn't even know about. I was like, I didn't even know you produced that information. I mean, I didn't even know you produced these albums. But um, he recognized his talent and he started to invest in it. In, in himself. Now, there is a line in doing this, right? If you suck at it, you might not necessarily realize that you're really not talented at it. It might just be a hobby. But recognize your talent, recognize your talent, and then be able to invest in that talent over the long haul might be the thing that pays you back. But sometimes this is what we do. You have a talent. You might potentially want to monetize that talent or actually uh, go in a little bit further and, and know about that talent, but they'll just tell you to go get a job. They'll tell you to go right back to the cash flow quadrant and say, forget all that. I did that before. Don't invest in it. Your mother and your father, your neighbors, everybody might say, nah, 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 just go get a job. Now, everybody knows to invest or monetize in your talent or just to recognize the talent is hard enough. And you never really go forward. It's going to take years. Listen to Donnell Jones. He's actually telling the story over on Vlad TV. They actually had to wait years before the first album came out. People think you're going to get a record deal, albums coming out next week. You could do that on your own on SoundCloud, but that's what everybody else does. Right? You could do it on your own label, but you might not have the money to push it through. You know, I might not be able to have the money to pay off the DJs to actually play your music. So this is all thing here, but it's going to take years for you to actually practice your craft, and it should take years for you to become recognized at the top because. You don't want to go out there and recognize your talent and still be working on it, but you still want to start applying yourself. So recognize your talents and don't be afraid to try to monetize your talents. Another thing that people will talk you out of doing. They're going to say, I see you're talented in this. I see that you're good at drawing an audience, which is everything when you have a talent. You got to be able to draw an audience. That's, that's everything. 
People have to be able to stop and be willing to watch you. Even if it's for, for free. You're a street performer. You're performing on the street. If nobody's stopping, there's something that is you're missing. They're not recognizing your talent. But if people stop and they say, shit, this is unbelievable. I got to stop at least to look. Maybe I'll, I'll invest. Maybe I won't this time. Maybe I'll invest next time. Then that means there's something that they recognize in you. With that being said, you start applying yourself and they say, nah, you're wasting your time. <laughs> Don't do it. Just go get something safe and stable. Just go get married and start having kids. Go get the white picket fence house and just call it a day. Stay at that sucky ass job. Who cares if the job sucks? Just stay right there. And you don't recognize your talent. And you feel guilty for monetizing the talent, even though you know you could become a millionaire doing that. This is what people do on YouTube. Despite the fact that YouTube is the biggest entertainment industry there is. I mean, it's getting almost big as Hollywood. As far as trustworthiness, it's, it's more trustworthy than Hollywood itself. People really know the Hollyweird is kind of going down the drain. The music industry, everybody's got it. It's satanic. Um, MTV's running award shows when they don't show movie uh, uh, videos. Everybody knows what's going on. Music industry's gone. People watch YouTube. You'll get on here on YouTube. You'll have a talent. And people will make you feel guilty for monetizing the talent. <laughs> oh, that YouTube money. You make money off the internet. You wasn't nothing if it wasn't for YouTube. Uh, pardon me. This is a big industry. This is one of the biggest industry where people can have a talent and monetize it. But you so way back in your ways, you want to believe that the person had to become somebody before they got on YouTube. Where does it say that at? Where does it say you had to be somebody before you start making YouTube money? No, you could be a nobody. You could be a woman living in a car, a flat-out criminal, and get on YouTube and make a lot of money. There's no criteria that says you needed to be somebody before you got on YouTube. But people will say that, and these are people that are trying to drag you down as opposed to uplift you. They should be recognizing this. Let me give you something here. Um, let me give you something here. That shows, uh, let's see here. Oh, let me give you a graph here. <laughs> he says that's on the page two of the dummy book, right? Let me show you this right here. Where is this? You might not be able to see it because it's in, it's in grayscale on this website. More than, it, th this talks about subscriber base. This talks about subscriber base. If you're a YouTuber, we talk about this on the money mindset on the Patreon level, $50 level. Sorry for the noise distraction. If you have more than this many subscribers, you are better than this many YouTube channels. So go down here. And I know people chase the 100,000 subscriber mark. So I'm going to show you this. If you have over 100,000 subscribers, you are better than 99%. 99%. Then all YouTube channels, you are in a very small echelon. I have over 100,000 subscribers on one page. In fact, we just crossed the 200,000 subscriber mark against all odds, no monetization, no pushing through the algorithm, nothing. And we still got to 200,000. On this channel, we're better than 75,000 subscribers. So when you do something like this, this is where you measure up to others. You're better than 
of all YouTube channels. Now, with that being said, they're also counting people who don't produce any content on YouTube. All they do is watch. So people who are like you, you're considered a channel, whether you like it or not. So you are in that statistic, even though you don't try to produce anything, right? But that is where people are recognizing their talent and they're monetizing it. And of course, people are slow to the game and they believe you're wrong for that. Oh, how would you do that? You're a loser if you do this. I was watching Mr. Beast talk about what we're talking about. He just recently said in an interview, I believe he was being interviewed by, I can't remember, Gary V. The amount of time that he invested in becoming a talented YouTuber, despite the fact that you think he's not talented, he is in the 99.999% better than all YouTube channels. He is at the top. As a matter of fact, he is one of probably five YouTube channels. <laughs> he's in the five. I think he's over 100 million. I'm not sure. And there's only five people that measure up to him in the world. You see what I mean? And so he talked about how much time he took to recognize his talent and invest in himself. He said all he did was get with people. We'll talk about networking. He got with people to discuss thumbnails, videos, how to edit. You guys got to look up that interview. He has, uh, how many does Mr. Beast have? He said he would sit back and just watch how people did YouTube. And he would talk to other people. And he said by the time they started talking, by, by 30 days, by 30 days, he had, um, he had over a million subs. Because he was watching how people edited their clips, jump clips, the lighting, the lighting of the thumbnail. He went in on it in a full time recognizing the talent and then investing in it. He never thought once said, well, I'm a loser at YouTube. Because a lot of people have a mindset that untalented people do YouTube, which some cases they do, some cases they don't. There's a lot of untalented people at your job. Do you criticize them for getting a paycheck? You do not. There's a lot of untalented people that make records or make albums. Do you criticize them for making money? Maybe you do. But is it, are they wrong for making money? No. Do they know a secret maybe that you don't know? Yes. Same thing with Kevin Samuels. He started to blow up because he was very into analytics. But we were so focused on him blowing up and him stealing content from other people that we didn't recognize that he actually invested time in strategically placing himself in YouTube. You see what I mean? So just because you don't think a person should be making money from an avenue, a drummer, a musician, an actor, or whatever it is, doesn't mean that that person hasn't did the groundwork to actually make themselves better at what they're doing. And that is all about recognizing talent. You might not think the person is talented. All that person's doing is sitting there playing video games. Doesn't matter. They have 50,000 or 50 million subs, and they're going to find a way to get through. And one more thing, you don't even have to be talented to make no money. You don't even have to be that talented to make money in America. Think of Ray Kroc. If you want a book, go read Ray Kroc's book about McDonald's. Ray Kroc was not a very well-liked person. Nobody liked him. Yet he figured out how to monetize the assembly line of fast food. And he 
figured out how to monetize a very what people would consider crappy hamburger and made people realize that McDonald's was never in the burger business. They were in the real estate and franchising business. You see what I'm talking about? See, you think a YouTuber's in the YouTube business, but he's not. I'll get into that in a minute. But recognize your talent. I have a certain talent, which is charisma, chocolated skin, being able to talk for three hours and people listen without much wasted space and airtime. I know you hear a lot of these yabba dabba do content creators. They can't really keep the damn conversation going. But for some reason, I'm able to use my skills as a impromptu speaker, which I've actually invested in and I competed in as an impromptu speaker, meaning I can come up with information and stretch the bullshit out or stretch the information out without preparation. Okay, that's called impromptu speaking. I competed in impromptu speaking and I won awards in impromptu speaking. So you see what I'm saying? That's an investment. That's something that I practice. That's something that I actually tried to get better with. That's something that I actually went to someone to say, coach me on impromptu speaking. <laughs> Freudian slip. All right. And then I also have experience where I can say I have this life experience and then apply it to this craft. Uh, number next. <laughs> number next. Investing your, in yourself is going to be number four. And the next one, I didn't even prepare this right now. Preparation is, and also being very uptight is another skill that actually favors me here on YouTube because I'm very uptight. I'm very pensive. I'm very focused on what I'm doing. It's somewhat more on the spectrum. I get focused on something, forget it. You're not coming in above that. All right. That's another lesson that you men have to learn because if something starts to click, get focused on it. Do not let anybody bump you off that focus. And I did that in my life. I was like, shit, this is starting to work or I, this is favoring me or I'm actually able to monetize this skill. I'm going to recognize this talent. Once I get focused on it, you ain't coming in first. Don't care who you are. You coming in last to that. <laughs> You're coming in dead ass last. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your piece leave tastes or functions like. I don't care. You dead ass last to it. You will be the last priority. I don't care how much you love me. I don't care how much you cool with me. Dead ass last. <laughs> All right. Well, what about love? Last. Shout out. to <laughs> uh, Number four, have a body of work. Okay, so everybody knows kind of my history is my body of work. When you're in your 20s, you're building a body of work. Okay, whatever job you're doing right now, that's your body of work. Many of these times you leave this body of work behind. Dr. Dre style. All of his body of work was left behind under the ownership of other people. Same as uh, Rihanna and Sierra and all of these people who had to buy their catalog back after they created this work. What you want to do is be able to control and keep this work as yourself. Think about this. If you're writing a book about, if somebody's writing a book about you, can you beat them to the punch and write the book about you before they write the book about you? Are you willing to hand them the pen and wait for them to write the book about you? Or are you going to write your own book about yourself? Which one would you want? Would you want somebody else to write the book about you or you write the book about yourself? Think about that. Because if you put the control in the other people to write the book about you, you asked out. You're under the control of whatever their interpretation of you is, and that's not good. 
that's not good. Now, they might write a great book about you, but they might throw in a detail or two that you might not want out there. But if I can beat your ass to the punch and write the book about me, meaning I can create a body of work and I can put the information out myself, I can put the story out myself, I'm actually in favor, actually in favor of myself. I've endeared myself, right? I've actually made something that now if the next person comes out to try to dispel any myths about myself that I created, it's not going to hit. I already put my story out. So these are the things that you have to think about. Have a body of work, whatever you create, actually take pride in it and keep it and save it so that people can remember it or you can show, hey, this is what I did in the past. This is how you invest in yourself. I've done a whole bunch of stuff. I've done a whole bunch of stuff in my life that I never even use right now. I got a whole bunch of degrees and certifications that I really never use, but they're part of my body of work. I've taken pictures of nice, pretty girls in the mop. In a model mayhem days, right before Instagram, where girls needed photographers to take pictures of them. That's my body of work. And it actually told me how to deal with women. Right? It gave me a great indicator of how to deal with women and the bullshit that they're going to tell you about how broke they are, but how they need stuff, how they leverage their vagina, how they leverage their looks. I got certifications in real estate, learned a whole bunch from it. Did I make a lot of money from it? No, but I learned a whole bunch from it. It actually gives me confidence. This is going, well, if this doesn't work, I can do this. Right? I've written books. I've created philosophies, mindset, um, YouTube content, fitness training. I ran a fitness training business, self-employed business, mind you, but I ran that for 10 years. I've actually worked as a college basketball coach, uh, became a head coach, Division II level. You don't have to be successful when you create a body of work. All you need to do is create the body of work. So find the opportunities when you're young. These are the things that you need to be building while you're young. Uh, being a player and, and, and knocking down hookers and whores is not impressive. Sure, I talk about it. It shouldn't impress you. It shouldn't impress you. Past the age of 27, it should not impress you. It's not an impressive act, by the way. It's not even an impressive act. It's an act of necessity for the most part. It's an act that drives you. But being impressed by it past the age of 27 is actually probably uh, deplorable. <laughs> it's actually deplorable. You're like, wow, something so simple you're impressed by. It's like saying I sit on the toilet and I dump feces into a toilet. Yeah, that's what you would do naturally. Same thing as lying down with a woman. That's what you would do naturally with her. Any other thing would be a dramatic waste of time. But you should naturally be lying down with a woman because that's what we naturally do. I breathe oxygen. Are you impressed? I breathe this many percentage of oxygen. Are you impressed? No, you do that naturally. So sex is a natural act. And those that say that they do it better than the others, well, congratulations. They actually probably did some of these other things that I'm talking about, but they're not selling that to you. They're selling the success of having sex. It's not impressive. By the way, most of you guys are very unimpressive in the bed. So the guys that are saying that they knocked down 1,000, the fact that you had to knock down 1,000 women shows me that you're not very impressive doing the act. That's neither here nor there. That's not a judgment. But if you ask most women, most of men that they've been with have been very unimpressive while doing the act and claiming success. And by the looks of some of these people claiming that they knock down women and spin plates and have rotations, I can tell you're unimpressive, but that's neither here or there. They are in pause. Mm. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, yeah, he says the fine if you're doing it well, you don't have time to bang down 1000 women because the other ones are coming back like hello. <laughs> They're coming back for seconds, thirds, fourths and 50 11s. You don't have time to get a thousand because you're dealing with the straggle daggles that are keep knocking down your door. So I'm stuck at 50. I'm stuck at 100. I'm stuck at eight. I'm stuck at 200. I'm stuck because they keep coming back. But variety is the spice of life. All right. Um, let me do. Oh, man, I'm giving y'all too much, man. Should I stop? Should I stop? Let me let me let me throw a couple more points in here. <laughs> you should want to be so good at it that you can't get the number up. Man, I'm still stuck with these eight. I'm still stuck with these three. I'm still stuck with these two. I can't beat them off. You can't be keep running through 100, 50, 50, 11. <laughs> and by the way, once you get past 50, it's all the same. You won't even be able to remember one from the next. You'll remember like 15 minutes later. You'll be like, wow, that felt good. That was the best of all time. That was because it just happened. Once you get literally past 50, it's all the same. They can't do nothing better than the next one. I promise you, if you're a virgin or if you're a guy that's like, I'm stuck at eight, I'm stuck at 20. Once you get past 11, I mean, once you get past 25, honestly, they really going to be all the same. All you start doing, all right, let me drill for mine. Or you might be a guy that says you're into pleasuring them. You turn into the guy that says, well, I like pleasuring her more than my pleasure. You've reached a point where it can't do much for you. You're actually just excited for her to be excited. And that excites you. You're going to eventually get to that point, which tells you is she can't do much for you. You just there because it's a different woman. That's all. But uh, if you want to prove me wrong, just go out there and try. I mean, just go out there and try to your heart's content. Um, it's kind of like money. Once you have enough of it, it really doesn't impress you. <laughs> uh, here we go right here. Uh, number five, have an apprentice or be an apprentice. Be an apprentice for someone. You're in your life. You don't have any direction. Find a guy that does real estate. They're actually looking for people to do things like be an intern to someone who's wealthy. Like, look, man, can I help you? This is the Puff Daddy way of getting ahead. Puff Daddy was a guy who become an apprentice under Andre Harrell. I study these things. Uh, Puff Daddy came from, he rode the train from uptown, went over there. He became an apprentice. I don't know what their personal dealings were. That's neither here nor there. But he became an apprentice under Andre Harrell, and Andre Harrell taught Puff everything Andre Harrell knew based on his experience. From that, from that, he was able to leverage that and start his own label as he became big at Uptown Records. So if you're doing this, I'm just giving you an example. So then he was able to start Bad Boy Records. I don't know if you know, but... That guy didn't make a lot of money for almost a decade. I mean, he was almost broke. But he believed in himself. He invested in himself, and he found a coach mentor, or he apprenticed under someone that allowed him to parlay all of his experience into becoming very wealthy. Okay. 
So I don't know what they do personally back behind all that. That's neither here or there. But the truth is, most of the things that Puff was known for before he became Bad Boy Records and what he became all in the videos now, he was responsible for some very big entertainers, right? Uh, Mary J. Blige, Jodeci. And he put in a lot of his work and a lot of man hours into creating these personas that a lot of people copied later on. And he was able to parlay that into the business that he started down. Now he's a multi, multi-millionaire, as far as we know. Most of his money has not even been made from the music industry. It's been made for his association with clothing and alcohol sales. But that's neither here or there. But again, it's kind of like McDonald's. Is Puff Daddy a music person? No, he's not. He might be known as a music person to the layman, to the ham and egger and the oxygen thief and the mouth breather. But he's very much an entrepreneur with multiple revenue streams. And most of his money has been made from clothing and alcohol. Okay. That's just the truth about it. So he doesn't have to be. Matter of fact, he's not very a good dancer. He's not very good musician. He wasn't a very good rapper. That didn't stop him. Think about it. It didn't stop him. And he might not have been that good of a music executive. This is all in interpretation. Okay. But does that mean he didn't become what he became? And many of these things that he did, he created a body of work. He recognized his talent. He apprenticed. He got a mentor. And then he got a hit. Many Olympic, many Olympians, 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 many Olympians have coaches and mentors. Many Olympians, Olympians, in essence, and they are apprentice to their coach. But a lot of us go into our world today and say, I'm going to do it myself. I don't need any information. I don't need to invest in other people. I don't need to get a coach. I don't need a, a person to mentor me. And this is where you're going to have a mistake. Your mistake is that you don't think you need a coach. And this is a male ego thing. You need a coach. You need a mentor. Even Michael Jordan had a coach. Or he played within a system that was created by a coach. Whether he listened to the coach or not is neither here or there. He said to have respected his coach, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson hired, um, was an apprentice under Tex Winter. Tex Winter created the triangle offense, in which benefited people like Michael Jordan. And it was able to tailor that offense to his skill. And the perfect combination ended up working out. Same thing with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, these people are known as the greatest, but they also have coaches. So always remember, always remember that you might need to apprentice under someone and it will be worth your time to do so. Never believe that you can do this on your own. All right. Let me see here. I'll do the last one. I'll do the last one and that's it. I'll try to, oh man, boy, I'm giving y'all too much. Let me do the contributions. All right. Because this is going to be, we're at the hour and 30 mark. Thanks for sticking in here. Do me a favor. Hit the like button on this stream. This is an important stream. I'll give y'all a little bit more. Give y'all a little bit more. By the way, I love the triangle offense. In coaching profession, we said the triangle offense is normally probably going to get you fired. <laughs> and so I love the triangle offense. I actually ran it for like two years with a couple programs, maybe longer. I ran it with a couple programs. Um, and if you don't have injuries and you have a big man, you'll be successful at the triangle. If, you, if your post player sucks, your triangle offense is going to disappear. All right. And you got to have somebody that can score the ball. All right, J.H. Oh, I already got you already. Why they highlight you again? Shout out to um, Lamar. He says 304s put themselves in your way when 
I got money. Absolutely. Anybody that has ever um, um, got to a certain economic status or you run in a circle of economics where the, the economics is high, three, women are going to put themselves in your path. I said this in the Free Agent Lifestyle book. I also want to reiterate, I'm not talking about models, but there could be a chance that once you get to a certain place, models will put themselves in front of your way. But when we say women will put themselves in front of you, we're not saying eight, nines, or tens. We're saying it's going to be easier to deal with the fives and the sixes and the sevens for the most part. It's going to be that much easier, and they'll be willing to break the rules that they have for the betas. Once you start getting yourself situated in that and you get your palette, you get your palette full of five, sixes, and sevens, then you start working up eights, and then all of a sudden the eights start breaking rules for you, then you'll never go back to five and six. And you it, it's just a thing, man. I know, man. I know. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. I know. It's a hard conversation. Shout out to a co. We got a sponsorship. Mr. Borsch in the building. With a sponsorship for today's show. Paying my dues. Thanks for all you do, sir. Appreciate that. I call him Mr. Borsch, not Porsche. Thank you, man, for the sponsorship today. Matthew says, I got momentum in my business and I'm going to finish it. All right. We talked about that yesterday. When you have momentum in something, it's kind of like flying in the air. You got to get your aerodynamics and you got to pump them wings. You're in the air. The only thing you can do is land. Or fall out the sky. So you don't want to land when you're up in the air. Unless there's a reason for you to land. There's another bird down there. Or worms or whatever you need to do. You need to eat. But once you have the momentum. You got to keep going. Even if it's something. Yes, momentum. Even if it's something that you might not like. But it, the momentum came along. And you're like, I got to go all in. Jack Vendetta. Check out my single, Double Nickel. On Apple Music. Appreciate you. And he can get away with that because um, he donates to the show quite often. Monetizing my talents, coach. Appreciate you. I appreciate you for that. All right. Raymond says, Blue Chip Mind says, brought me back to your channel. Appreciate that. Because, you know, some guys are like, y'all, you talk about is women. And you graduate from that. Never be one of those guys. I'm tired of this content creator. Just be like, move on. All right. I got what I needed from him. But I'm glad I brought the blue chip mindset into this, and I'm glad to bring people back. And there's 40 streams of the blue chip mindset. There's also the money mindset on Sundays, which a lot of people are participating in on Patreon. And everybody's like, what is the link? I think it's in the description box below. Reginald P. He says, coach, looking out and always promoting male excellence. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. Oh, my God. Hey, as men, shout out to you, Reginald. As men, we're so innovative. About damn near everything that's been invented has been invented by men. Never make them believe that men are trash. We may be trash in relationships because we're supposed to be trash. I mean, I'm not really trying to impress a person on relationships. Ladies, when you get with me, I'm very unimpressive in relationships. I think it's a waste of time. I think it interferes with me. So I'm not trying to impress you. I'm absolute trash when it comes to relationships. Even my marriage, I was, I was garbage. I was a good man. I was a good father. I was a decent husband. All right. But at some particular point, I knew this was a losing game. It was an absolute distraction in my life. All right. I was like, this is just, why am I putting this much time into this? Um, and with, with that being said, I want, I want to give you an example. Can I give you an example? 
Say, for instance, you're a guy who's on his path and on his purpose. You want to do something. You give her the woman. She wants to be with you because she sees the talent in you. And she's like, I see you going up. I'm going to hitch my star to your, to your wagon. I'm going to hitch my wagon to your star. You're the star. She's the wagon. She's going to hitch the wagon to the star. You're going up. She's following your ass like the, the more you know star. So you're going up like this. She attaches to you, but she cannot help but drag you back. Meaning you're, you're waking up in bed. Here you go. I'm going to give you a classic example of what I hate in relationships. This is why I can't do it. This is why women can't spend a night. Get the hell out of my house at the end of the night. I'm in bed. My alarm clock goes off. My alarm clock ring. I get up to start my day. Now, when the, uh, a new day has started and the alarm clock goes on, whatever you are is in the past. You need to get your ass up, get in the shower, brush your teeth, and get the hell up out of here. That's what you need to do. I'm not about to revisit what we should have been doing last night, especially when you're in a long relationship or a marriage. What these people will do is as you're getting up, they will tell your ass, oh, just come back and lay back five more times. Let's cuddle because now she's awake. Cuddle five more minutes. If you don't get the hell up off of me, if you don't get the hell up off of me, it's a new day. Whatever you trying to finish up this morning, you should have finished up last night. Mm. I'll just, let's cuddle for 15 minutes. Ma'am, the alarm clock has went off. I'm going to work. You are in the past. And I don't want to cuddle. If your ass wanted to cuddle, you should have cuddled last night. If you wanted to suck on my salami a little bit more than this morning, you should have did it last night. If you want to give me some leg, you should have gave me some leg last night. And a lot of times when you marry, this person didn't get, you know, she sat up there like this. I haven't showered in three days and I smell like a bag of onions. Is any of this turning you off? Nothing. She sat up there like that last night. But then when the alarm clock go off and I'm on my purpose and I'm focused, she want me to sit back and cuddle with her. No, ma'am. Mm. <laughs> uh-uh. No. We ain't doing that right now. No, I don't need no morning sex right now. If we was going to do that, you should have told me to set my alarm 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> All right, that's the mindset that I have. I don't have no time for that BS. All right, I just don't. So that's that's what I do. When I wake up, it's a new day. I'm at it. Early bird gets the worm. I'm at it. I'm focused. Matter of fact, I was dreaming about what I'm about to do once this alarm clock go off. I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. I'm raring to go. But some people, they drag you backwards. And you're like, oh, my God. No, man. No, I ain't going back to this shit. You see what I'm talking about? But some of you guys are so addicted to pleasing, so addicted to some leg that you got to go get it now whenever she makes it available to you. That's a power dynamic problem that you have. That's an extreme power dynamic uh, situation that you have. You're going to wake up in the morning and smoke weed and get a couple of more strokes in. No, nah, I got to get them strokes in at three o'clock in the morning and then went back to bed and got that good REM sleep. No, 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 no. I ain't going to sit up with you and smoke no weed, smoke no joint, and then debilitate the rest of my day in motivation. Oh, hell no. Mm. This is why I'm the tyrant I am. This is why I have the focus I am. I don't let people drag me back. And it's annoying to me. It's absolutely annoying. That's one of the most annoying things that I have in relationships. That is one of the most annoying things. When I wake up, and they pull me back in the bed and oh, my God. Or they distract me with some bullshit. They had a dream. Let me tell you about my dream. I don't care about your dream. 
That was last night. I don't care about what you're thinking. I don't care about your mood. I don't care about, look, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to work. I got shit to do. You see what I mean? I don't know, man. I'm a different man. I'm cut from a different cloth. I don't prioritize vagina like that. Or people. I don't prioritize people like that. <laughs> just, But you can do it if you want. And you can pat yourself on the back and think you're a player for doing it. But I don't do stuff like that. I got shit to do. <laughs> I'm a little bit different. Um, Let's get to the next ones here. I know, man. I'm I'm different. I know. I know, I know. I know, I know. Some of you guys will do that and just absolutely uh derail and railroad your life. <laughs> Somebody says buck motors don't have this issue. Absolutely. Can I spend the night? Now listen, on occasions I will have women spend the night, but it's gonna be on the day where I'm like a well, Friday night into Saturday. I'm not working on Saturday morning but I work on Sunday mornings. You can't spend a night on Sunday, Saturday night. Yeah, just five more minutes. Uh, no, 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 not five more. Get off of me. Get off of me. So anyway, uh, here we go right here. Uh, the next way to invest in yourself is networking. I'll try to go through this quicker. All right, do me a favor, hit the like button. Networking. Okay, so uh, networking is important. Uh, some people network at the nightclub, nightlife. That's your way to network and socialize. You gotta understand at a certain particular point, you can make money or you can make friends, but you know what I mean? At some particular point, you'll have more friends than you need. It's time to make money. So if I go out on the nightlife, it's more to network with people and maybe bump into people that I wouldn't normally bump into. Then I can ask them what you do or what I do, see if they can help me. Maybe I can help them. Givers gain. I can help them. Maybe they help me. But there's many ways you can network. I use Toastmasters as a way to network and then work on my skill and craft because I recognize the talent. Okay, so Toastmasters was a great way. I had to invest in it and I had to show up at a weekly meeting and people were able to critique me, but that was a great, great way to network. Oftentimes network doesn't mean you're there to take. Sometimes you're there to give when you go to network. You're not there to take. Don't show up to network and then think I'm gonna just take, 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 take. Don't, don't show up to network and think you're just gonna join the network and people are gonna give, 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 give. It's not going to work like that. Sometimes you have to prove that you're willing to give before people are willing to give to you. Same thing with BNI. I use BNI during my fitness training years to network with people who are self-employed. That's important. They recognize your hustle. People who are employees don't necessarily recognize a self-employed person's hustle. They don't know what it is. Like Dr. John Deloney didn't understand the entrepreneur's need to keep his business going in the momentum, but because he was an employee all his life. But I use business networking international as a way to promote my business with self-employed people who have the same mindset as me. You don't need everybody to purchase a pro program from you, but all you need is a few. Um, car clubs, motorcycle clubs. When I go to Raiders games, there's a lot of motorcycle club guys that go to the game together. That's networking. And potentially, if they all have some sort of business, they have their own personal network in which you can't get in if you don't have a Harley. You can't get in if you don't have a Corvette. You can't get in if you don't have a um an Audi, an Audi uh, A8. You can't get in. That's the closing of the ranks. This is why I tell you sometimes networking, you're so busy trying to be a part of this network, and there's no benefits to the membership. 
See, if there's no benefits to the memberships of being a part of a network, why be a part of the network? You're so busy being pro-black and you ain't never benefited one bit from the card that they gave you. But you're so bu busy trying to take everybody else's card and there's no benefits to the membership. Go ahead and take it. But if I actually invest in something, I can be a part of the membership. That is a closed rank, old boys, old school networking tool. What about being an artiste, a photographer? You could be a part of a club. What about exercise? You're into fitness. You could be a part of a club. Everybody in here is fit. Nobody's in here fat. And then maybe if you're fat, you can maybe sneak in there and they can help you get fit. What about this? Having a dog. Having a dog is a networking tool. I noticed a guy in the comment on the recent video. Coach says he's red pill, but he's a dog lover. I don't like dogs. <laughs> I got my dogs for my kids, but it's also a great networking tool, and it's great for content, and the dog is great for security. Now, my dog is a scared, a scary, a scary dog, but she has a loud bark. Most people aren't going to run up into a house where there's a dog. They just are unsure. But when I go down to the dog park, when I walk down the streets in the suburbs, people are happy to see me. Oh, wow. Look at your dog. A lot of white girls love that I have a dog. Oh, hi. Look at you. You're not a dangerous person. You're actually a person that I probably would want to smuggle salami with. And I'm going to use my liking of the dog to get it. See? You people don't think third dimensionally. That person literally was in my comment section saying he ain't red pill because he owns a dog and he's a dog lover. Are you an idiot? Everything I do is very strategic. Everything I do is strategic. I don't do stuff. This is to do stuff. I do stuff for a purpose. I didn't buy a Porsche. I wanted a Porsche, but I've also said I can monetize the Porsche. And that made me get it because I can make content out of it. Do I need it? No. I have a BMW and a truck. I don't need it. But I can use it. You see what I mean? <laughs> and I love Nova. But Kaylee's love Nova more than I love it. Nova's sitting there listening, throwing shade at me right now. Nova's going to start pissing in her crate. So anyway, uh, Fresh Prince CEO said as much as well. He has videos of him saying how much dogs can help you just in introductory conversations or other people in your neighborhood letting their guard down around you. Yeah, owning a dog all of a sudden isn't red pill, but, it, you know, some people are just angry. <laughs> but when you're in a new neighborhood or in a neighborhood in general, people will be endearing towards you because people, let me tell you something. People love dogs more than they love children in this country, especially women. Women, it's a, yeah, it's a nice breaker. It's an icebreaker. You walk down the street, here's some people. Oh, you look like a cool people. Um, women love dogs more than they love their own kids. America, do you realize there was more laws? There were laws for animals before they were laws for children in our country. Do y'all really want that truth? There's laws for there were laws for animals and dogs in our country before there were laws to protect children. Matter of fact, let a dog go missing versus let a kid go missing. I guarantee you the whole community is going to be out there looking for that dog. Where that dog at? <laughs> the kid go missing? Oh, well, you know, he'll turn up. 
This is America. So when you have something as like that, that's a networking tool. <laughs> All right, anyway. Yeah, man, it is what it is. So um, he says in Jamaica. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, season tickets to sporting events. Networking tool. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know having season tickets to a uh, sports team is a networking tool? So a person might say that is small-minded. That's a waste of money. You're not even going to go to all the games. That's a waste of money. You're not. They'll, they'll find a way to make you think that's a waste of money. Having a Porsche is a waste of money. That's a liability. See, that's you small-minded. But if a person's using it as a networking tool and they're also using it as content, it's not a liability. It's an asset. Having season tickets to a sports um, uh, um, team is a networking tool. Number one, the people that are going to be at the game obviously have a common interest. That will probably break the ice. That's number one. Number two, if you have a business, you can pass those tickets to someone for them to use. Hey, I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. I've passed on tickets to people to get services from them. It's a bartering tool. Number three, the lower or higher you are in the arena, that's going to be the probably the people you network with. You have a common interest. Okay, So you have these things. And then they will be ready. Oh, the person that sits in that seat, that's the, that's this person's seat. They'll protect your seats when somebody tries to steal your seats. Oh, no, 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 no. I know who owns those seats. Those seats aren't yours. They're this person's seats. And they'll wait for you. Hey, man, how's it going this week? Okay. We missed you. Glad to see you again. We're at the home game. We have a common interest. We can break the ice. Many times at sports events, you're talking to people that in the real world you would never talk to. You would never even talk to these people. You would see them on the street and see, especially at Raiders games, but you can apply this to any team. I talked to essays with tattoos all over their face. If I saw their ass on the street, I would cross the street. But the fact that we're sitting next to each other at this game, we're family. We have a common interest. And then, then I can let my guard down. They can let their guard down and we can have a conversation. Actually, these tickets sometimes transcends race. You're at each other's neck racially, but then when you're at the game, y'all cool. Y'all don't see any racial difference. All you see is we have a common shared interest in this in this basketball or football team. That's how it is with networking. Yeah, I know some of these dudes got uh, uh, bodies on their jacket, right? They they didn't kill a couple of people, but when the game is on, we cool. Right, the SAs and the Cholos and the Vatos be cool with me, no matter what stadium I go to. When I go follow my team, I went to Pittsburgh, I went to Dallas, I watch these teams play. I go to the Raiders game. We all won when we show up at the game. So it is a networking tool, and then I can find out about these people, and I can be like, man, man, I prejudged you, and they prejudged me, but now we have a common interest. Uh, what about traveling? Traveling. Even the travel bros will tell you traveling is a networking tool. It allows you to have conversations with people that low class people or people that can't afford to travel cannot have. Have you ever been around some person? Have you been here? Have you been here? That's a networking tool. Even the passport bros use that. Well, you haven't been there, so you can't talk about it. Right? They shut you out. They shut you out the conversation. 
even when you've been to a couple of places. Well, you've been to a couple of places, but you haven't been here. So you can't talk about it. That's a, that's a networking tool. Because then you've been there, you can speak. You're invited to the conversation. You haven't been there. You haven't traveled. You can't be a part of the group. I know it sounds petty, but this is how it works. And this is how it works, not just with Passport Bros. This is how it works everywhere. Traveling has seen is a, is a luxury, and it puts you in an echelon or a class to network with people because you've had the conversation. Let me give you another bit of information here. When you go to network, sometimes it's the little things that endear you to the person that is making you willing to invest. I'm giving you guys some game here, real game. Watch this. You go to a group of people. You go to a cigar lounge. You chilling, smoking a cigar, having a drink or whatever you're doing, drinking water, whatever you want to do. You're poisoning yourself, whatever you're doing. You're sitting there with somebody who's very important. You share a com common interest in cigars. You start talking about cigars. At the end of the night, hey, man, what's your name? Let me shake your hand. You seem like a good guy. Wow, that's great. What do you do? Oh, wow. You have. I was actually looking for somebody that has that. You haven't even talked about your business. See, one of you, some of you poor networkers want to join in and be a parasite to the networking group. You just want to use individuals. That's not how it works. This is why people talk about golf and go to golf clubs. You think they're good at golf? Have you ever gone to a golf place with people that talk about golf and they start teeing off and they suck? And you're like, you talk about golf and playing golf like you're good and they suck. The reason why people had talked about golf is because we could talk about golf before we can talk about the business. See, if you just roll up and say, let's just meet for lunch and I'm going to just give you my business plan, I'm going to be on guard. I'm going to be on guard. But if we go hit the links, let's go hit a couple of balls and chill and kick it. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to show that I'm invested in you as a person. I actually care enough to actually do that. This is how women fail in dating. This is how women fail in dating because what they want is to sit down and have a dinner and put all their cards on the table. They want to jump right to the damn end. But that's not how you get there. That's not how relationships work. You don't just jump to dinner. Where are you going to take her to dinner? Where are you going to take me to dinner? No, that's not how you network. That's not how you relationship. You relationship by sharing common interests, getting to know each other, all right, showing that you're interested in the person, and dinner somewhere down the line. Technically, in any relationship, dinner is somewhere down the line. It's not the first thing, and you sit there like this, oh, boy, I'm scared to... This is why people fail in dating, because you really aren't starting at the right level. But women want you to invest in the bullshit, and she wants to go and dress up and play fucking uh, pretty woman, okay? And then, no, 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 show up with your hair right here and a tie right here with a little bun. Show up in a pineapple right there, sweats, T-shirts, extra casual. We going mini golfing. Tee it off. Let's go. Mm. Same thing with I call about cold approaching. We're giving you way too much game. Cold approaching. I hate cold approaching. I don't advertise any man to cold approach. However, that doesn't mean never talk to a woman in public. If you got my course conquer, I said there's something called a warm, refer warm lead, hot referral. So you go from cold, warm, hot. You guys go cold and strike out 97% of the time. I don't suggest that. 
I say start warm. If it's not a warm lead in business, a lead can be used, but a lead is not going to be easily closed. You still have to work. Start with warm leads. Friendship circle, social circle. She's interested in you. She approached you. You have a common interest. You're at the same football game. Easy introduction. There's no need to. <clears throat> Easy introduction. Boom. Here's the lead right here. Low quality approach. You ain't trying to sell. You ain't trying to close per se, unless you're out here trying to be a male whore, but you have a common interest. Then that sometime can lead into a dinner date down the line. Not tomorrow. She might be willing. Oh, you like this team too? Oh my gosh. Oh, you live in this area too? Let me give you my phone number. Hot referral. There's nothing better in business than having a referral. Hey, I know somebody that needs what you have. I told them about you. They're expecting your phone call. That's called a referral. A lead is, hey, I know somebody that might want uh, know what you want. I'll give you their number. They're not expecting your call. That's a lead. A cold call is they don't think you're calling. They're not expecting your call, and you're going to interrupt them. You're interrupting what they're doing. You're cold calling. It's actually a, a very pitiful thing to do, but you can make money cold calling. Yes, you can. You have to be an absolute asshole to do it, but if you don't care about being an asshole, you can make money cold calling. Same thing as cold approaching. You can be an absolute asshole, a prick, and you can actually have some semblance of success, but it's going to be love. Warm approach is different. A warm lead is different. This person is known to have an interest in what you're offering. And hence, somebody has said there's an interest. Or they might say, I'm interested in this. I have somebody that I was going to consider, but I'll take your number. A hot-ass referral. I need you today to come fix my plumbing. Right now. That's a hot referral. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? You see the difference. So when I say don't cold approach, I'm not saying don't talk to women in public. I'm saying there has to be some sort of lead in, some sort of referral that got you there. That's going to give you success. It's not going to ruin your damn reputation. It's not going to ruin your self-esteem. It's not going to put you out there doing something you're not comfortable with doing. A warm referral, a warm lead hot referral is a dog. You're walking your dog. She has a dog. Oh, these dogs are playing with each other. Oh, your leash has got tangled. That's a that's a warm ass lead. <laughs> you use that leash. I use that leash too. What kind of food did you feed your dog? I feed my food that dog. What dog park do you go to? What toy do you have? Warm lead. Maybe we do. I've had that happen a couple of Kayleys. Maybe we should get our dogs together to play together. Give me your number. Women love shit like that. They love serendipity. They love happenstance. They don't like direct. <laughs> they love happenstance. I bumped into a guy. He bumped into my locker. He bumped into my books. I met him at the coffee shop. I tripped on the curb. They don't like you blowing up. Blue, blue, blue. They don't like to be able to tell people that. They want to be able to say, oh, we just actually, oh, I don't know how we meet. Oh, he's at the dog park and our leashes got tangled. They love shit like that. <laughs> she had no intentions to meet you she wasn't going out trying hard she just wanted to say i was just casual i wasn't even looking and here comes love here comes sex oh it just happened oh you were into some guys 
house and you're, you know, you, you, you have a husband, but you went to some guy's house and you slept with him. What happened? Well, it just happened. You see what I mean? So cold approach, no, but that doesn't mean never talk. I find a way to do it. Anyway, last one is invest in tools and now we'll end it right there. I'll just say invest in tools. If you have an interest in something and you want to invest in yourself and you have a craft, start investing in tools. Okay. Invest in tools. If you're not been investing in tools and you want to be good at something, meaning, oh, I can, I can uh, do Photoshop on my phone instead of investing in Photoshop on the computer where it'd be more efficient. <laughs> you're wasting your time. But you might be saying, I don't have the money to invest in the tools. Well, that's a problem. Of course, that's always a problem. But the more tools you have and the more you're able to understand those tools and the more time you spend understanding those tools, the more efficient you can become. Because I've been doing videos way before I did YouTube. See, this is the thing that people don't understand. I've been editing videos. I've been making videos. I've been speaking. Everything that makes me successful in YouTube, I was doing way before YouTube. I spent hours on Photoshop. I spent hours on Windows Media Maker editing stupid shit, messing up, my computer crashing. I spent hours doing those things so that now the shit that you struggle with trying to understand to try to get your YouTube video up, it's, I know it like the back of my hand. When I was fitness training, I was doing videos back for my fitness training stuff. I was editing, recording, posting. So by the time I get to YouTube, it's like, oh, shit, I've already been doing that. Same thing is what's to become in the future. You might be good at something now or spending time learning now that might make you better at what's to come in the future. So these things are some of the things that you need to do. You, you get the tools and then you learn the tools like the back of your hand so that it makes it easy so that where other people struggle. Other people are like, well, I don't need to get that editing program and I could get a cheaper one or I could do this and I could do that. Doesn't You don't have to get the expensive one, but you got to learn the tools. Somebody says, why no fitness channel? I did have a fitness channel and um, nobody was watching it, number one. So I just converted it to something else. I think I converted that fitness channel to something else. Uh, but uh, for those who want to know, if you guys want to see uh, Coach, Greg Adams being the fitness person I'll show you here and this is an example of I was already doing editing before I actually had videography and editing before I was on doing uh what do you call this red pill stuff so this is this is me I had an editor I'm sorry no I had a videography videographer and I was doing editing and b-roll and all of that shit way before I even started making red pill content so by the time it started saying, what do I need to do? Sit down and edit. I was already doing it. Okay. So this is the tools. Learn the tools. Learn the tools. Learn the tools. Be very efficient at it. Spend time. You don't even have to be the best at it. I'm, I suck at jumping rope, but I'm going to do it. But this is CGA right here before Red Pill CGA. I mean, I was getting Red Pilled at the time, though. But this is... Before I sat down and started making videos. See, I don't even have a beard. Um, anyway. Oh, look at that. Can y'all do that? You can't do that. Hulk Hogan, you can't do that. <laughs> so anyway. 
Anyway, anyway. That wasn't that long ago either. That was uh, 2017, 2016, 2016. All right, let's get to the rest of the contributions, man. Enough of this free game. Man, nobody can take me on a basketball court. You can't take me on the basketball court. By the way, I don't get on the basketball court no more. I don't play basketball no more. All right, so don't try to pay me at basketball. All right, I already ruptured my Achilles playing basketball, so I'm done with ball. I'm playing golf. I used to play a little tennis, but I don't even play that no more. My laterals is messed up. My lateral movement is a catastrophe, and I'm not going to do quick lateral movements. I'm not going to do quick explosive movements. So, uh, yeah, I ruptured my Achilles on my right side, and it's still tight. So, like, uh, the step forward movement, I won't do it. Like, if the ball's right there and we got a race to it, I'm going to let you get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, I have to make sure I'd never get injured. Shout out to Andre G in the building. He says, Coach Gang, thank you for the contribution, man. Malik Brand says, networking-wise, rich men. He says, networking-wise, networking-wise, rich men because work with models. It's kind of messed up right there. But I don't know if you guys know, this is a very big secret. Uh, rich, wealthy men have access to all the young girls and they be banging them out. <laughs> I'm just like, y'all, I don't want to ruin it for you. But this has been a secret, kind of like the passport guys are exposing the secrets to travel that rich guys are like, shut up. <laughs> Why are you telling? This is what we've been doing. Rich guys have been getting young girls, not all young girls. Let me just say, not all young girls. But they've been getting the ones that count. You don't have to get all of them. That's a secret, somebody said. It's a secret to a lot of guys. Because these guys literally sitting around here talking about, that's tricking. As if they have been doing this for a long time. That's this rich guys are sitting around running game. One of the lowest quality things that a person can do is try to run game on a woman. That's an indicator that you're either broke, poor, or you don't want to put in any effort in the transaction. You're trying to get it for free. I mean, I think it's a low-quality characteristic. And I know a lot of men that I believe are high-quality that still stuck in that phase. And I'll be like, why would you waste your time? Like, it's a desperate, it's a, it's either desperate or you are a manip manipulator. Like, you're a manipulator. Like, you're just as guilty as the women that we prosecute over here. Like, why manipulate them? It's, they're not even worth that much to manipulate. <laughs> That's my whole argument. I'm like, why would you waste that much time? Because honestly, after you bust a nut, you kind of done with them. And then you're treating them like trash, but you were inside of her body. I don't get it. Now she's trash human being because she fell for your manipulation. I mean, what does that say about you? What does that say about you? It, there's a characteristic flaw that you are degenerate at a high level. Shout out to Red Sings the Blues. That, that type of degeneracy is next to serial killer. I mean, the next thing you're going to do is be a serial killer. I think what's the next lowest point that you can go? <laughs> and then you'll run around and... You'll run around and brag about the same woman that you think is low class enough to manipulate and run game on. And you'll brag about lying with her, but you'll disrespect her afterward. 
What type of degeneracy does that take? What type of childish behavior does that take? What type of immaturity does that take? That's massive amount of immaturity as a human being, not just as a man, as a human being, that would be like, let me, let me, let me give you an example for the women. Let me give you an example. Women that say, I got a man to send me $50 on the internet. And that's you. You got to get my bag and run. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I'll equate it. A woman that's finesses a guy off of a dinner date or $50 on cash app. It's the same thing. She got a little bit of money and she go bragging about it. You could have got your whole rent paid for if you stuck around with a higher quality guy. Instead, you chose the desperate low quality guy that you're going to disrespect by saying I finessed him off of 75 bucks worth of dinner. Got to get my bag and run. Do you see the it's the same it's the same mindset. It's the same mindset. Because you could have got every dinner paid for if you acted right and picked a higher quality guy. You could have got every dinner paid for. You could have got sex every day from a woman. You could have got her to show up every day if you picked a high quality woman. The time you wasted, you could have got a high quality woman to show up and be willing to give you that. But no, you stopped that one dinner with a dude that you had no interest in that you're going to laugh about with your girlfriend. It's the same mindset. It's the same low budget, immature mindset, male or female. It's this, it's all the same. So people who didn't understand my point, you understood that too. You understood that, didn't you? You understood that because you hated to get finessed for a dinner date, right? This, it's the same as you finessing women and then talking shit about her after you finessed her for one piece of peace leave. And then you said you got it for free. What? Oh, my God. I swear to God, you guys are so immature. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I think it's foolish. I think it's absolutely foolish. You get, you get no points for me when you do stuff like that. I think you waste too much time. I think you got too much time on your hand. <laughs> anyway, I know people are running now. The dudes are like, him don't understand. Him don't have game. Here, that doesn't really correlate. Okay, okay. All right. Hey, look, stay in middle school if you want to. I don't know what to tell you. Stay in middle school if you want to. We over here, we run with men. You can stay in middle school if you want. If you want to go ahead and break it down to the damn uh, infinite, to the last fingernail, go ahead. It makes sense. And don't get over here. <laughs> don't get over here with that bullshit. I'm not having it with you guys bullshitting. I'm just letting you know. We don't play no games over here. I mean, I'm, this ain't no debate. Do not bring your ass over here with this bullshit. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. Shout out to uh, Lawrence Mack. He says, all in my network group always offers to set up later events. There you go. There's another indicator there. When you're in the network group, it's always like, hey, let's set up the next thing now. Let's let's make something happen now. Yeah, we don't play that. We give you the bottom line and we keep moving on. I ain't got no time to argue with immature people who want to brag about the fat women you out here banging. I'm not I'm not with the bullshit. <laughs> I'm out here with models, coach. You don't know. No, you're not. You out here with fat models. Anyway. 
and it doesn't impress me. There's not much that impresses me in the line of women. They got to be very high quality to impress me. And I don't want to hear that bullshit. Well, you don't mess with, you only mess with flatbacks. Uh, uh, fat women are low quality. Do not get me started. They're low quality. They're the least selected. You hide when you fornicate with them. You never push them out. Nobody of any substance actually rolls in public circles with one. But you want to say, because your preference is to them, that you want to be rewarded for it. I'm not going to reward you for banging low quality, low fruit that nobody in the damn world will select. Only you in Indianapolis will select her. I'm not dealing with the bullshit. And kill the wigs and the weaves, ladies. I'm done with them. Oh, my goodness. I'm not rewarding your degeneracy. You're not player to me. You're a goofball. <laughs> you see how I can go back and forth, you know. I'm not angry. I just have to stick. I just have to stick the point down to you. And get rid of them damn cucumber, them caterpillar eyelashes, too. You're going to look back, ladies, at your pictures from 10 years from now and see them damn goofy-ass eyelashes on your face, and you're going to be appalled. Shout out to Craig uh, Craig C. He says, Coach, keep, keep it up. Teach these guys real-life game, real-life game. I'm trying to teach you to make a couple of dollars in here. All right, Jones G., more gems from the coach. No lies told in the building. Yep. And straggle daggles are the least selected. Not only that, they're the least available people on the map. They're the lowest quality people on dating apps. They nobody selects them on dating apps except for you, player guy. Nobody takes them. These girls get BB, BBLs to impress low quality dudes. Have you noticed that? What rich dude takes a BBL booty? No, they impress his low quality guys. It put it together, put two and two together. This woman spent $10,000 to go to the Dominican Republic to get BBL surgery to impress low-quality dudes. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. It is never going to be seen as a high-quality act. It is not a high-quality physical characteristic. It is on the low-quality scale of immature middle school dudes that think they're players. They risk dying for low-budget, dusty dudes. Come on. Am I lying? It don't even add up. It don't even make financial fiscal sense for a person to do it because they're not going to level up. Maybe they'll get a rapper, but. I know I'm a little bit cruel. But I'm honest. All right, we got to we got to wrap it up over on uh, PayPal. One, two, three, four, five, six. Reginald, uh, sorry, Renardo says, Coach, did you hear about Leonardo DiCaprio breaking up with his girlfriend, Camila, uh, just months after her 25th birthday? He was like, God, he said, you got to go. He says 25 is the limit. 25 is the absolute limit. All right. And I don't mind. I don't mind that. But him a metaphile. Him a metaphile. <laughs> okay, here we go. Shout out to no government name. He says, I can always tell when the ex is having issues with her current man. She gets very difficult and argumentative when I deal with her about co-parenting issues. Um, you make a point there, Richard. Many times if you're having problems with your baby mom or your ex-wife, it is because they're having problems in their life themselves. And legally, you're the only person that has to take their shit and she can take it out on you. 
So that is basically what's happening. They're struggling financially. They're struggling with work. They're struggling finding work. They're struggling with their boyfriend. They're struggling dating. They thought they would get married again. The guy's dragging his feet. They can't parent their ki kids. And then they start giving you problems. Because legally, she can. Legally, she can. All right, shout out to uh, Austin. AD Austin, cutting off the sandbag family members is crucial. I have family members reaching out to me out of absolutely nowhere. He says they never sent me a happy birthday card. Yep. And he says never came to a single graduation school or military, but all of a sudden I'm popular. No, thanks. Sandbag free zone. And I agree with that too. Just because you're doing well, doesn't mean you have to bring your family members with you. Okay. All right. You can give them some game. You can tell them to, you can give them some tools and say, Hey, I'm not using this hammer, but this hammer made me successful. If they're not willing to use that hammer and follow your lead, then you should not reward them with anything. What they should come to you and say is, how can I help you become bigger than you are? How can I help you become better? But no, they just stick their paw out. You owe me. We're blood. Same thing with women. You owe me. I slept with you before. Or you want to sleep with me. You owe me. They're not trying to make you better. They want to start a business of their own and keep you out of the damn loop. No, help me with my business. No, I don't want to do that. Okay, bye. Hang up on the ass. Click. <laughs> All right. Uh, shout out to Sean W. Oh, anyway. I'll tell you. We'll just end it there. Shout out to Lil. He says, love the blue chip mindset stuff. Invest in yourself, men. I won't give away your alias. I messed up. Put it at the beginning next time, brother. I don't know if you want me to tell who you are. But, you know, we got to protect your identity, too. Last two, I believe, Rodrigo Da Silva's in here. Shout out to the coach. Shout out to you, coach. It is worthy to pay for some coaching from a specialist to learn how to be successful, a successful YouTube channel, or could I learn on my own? You can do either one. The problem is YouTube is tricky. YouTube is tricky now. Um, Basically, I've been decapitated by YouTube, right? So. They've done everything to decapitate me. I'm working from a major disadvantage on here, but yet I push through. So I'm willing to do what most people aren't willing to do. As a result, I can kind of push through things that you might not be willing to push through. So you might not learn from me or the things that work for me might not work for you. But I do and will offer YouTube advice to people because. This medium is a way to earn some money, whether it's $100 or $100,000. You can earn money here. But it is what it is. But I always find a way. I'm a little bit more, I'm a little insane this way. And as they say, there's a fine line between insane, insane and genius. <laughs> I believe there's a phrase, something like that. There's a fine line between insanity and genius. And I straddle that line on a daily basis. You got to be absolutely insane about these things. Whatever you're passionate about, you got to turn into a damn, like it's got to be, you got to be very much focused in on it. And people don't understand that. A normie doesn't extend that. A normie does not understand that. They'll come into your life and absolutely distract the hell out of you. With their normie bullshit. 
And I'm like, what do I get from this distraction? Well, I'll lay down with you every now and then. Oh, hell no. I'll pay somebody. Yeah, obsessed. I used to tell people, you got to be obsessed. Some people will tell you, but I'm looking for work-life balance. That's poor people. <laughs> You're like, I need a little work-life balance. Do you have debt? Yeah. Do you have student loan debt? Yeah. Do you have pets? Yeah. Do you have kids? Yeah. You don't need no work-life balance. You need to take care of your damn responsibilities. Shit. Work-life balance. Hey, man, if you want to lose weight, you got to be obsessed. If you want a PhD, you got to be poor, hungry, and driven. You got to be willing to risk. You got to be willing to sacrifice. There's no way around the bullshit. Sometimes you got to be lucky. But luck is just preparation and opportunity meeting each other. That's all luck is. He got lucky. Yeah, because I was prepared and the opportunity presented itself. Yes, I got lucky. But but some of these people don't want to take no risks. And they want to be out here talking about work-life balance. She mm. Birth-life balance my ass. Don't you think you have enough? No, I don't. I want more, more, more. I'm greedy out here. And women can't get me to the damn promised land. I'm just letting you know right there. No relationship get me to the promised land. It's going to go just distract me. I'm just letting you know. Do not get in my way. I'm a patient person. But if I feel you're getting in my way, there's only one thing I have to do, and that's eliminate you. I have to absolutely eliminate you. I want to eliminate you in a very kind way. I don't want any hard feelings. But when I eliminate you, you're done. You're not coming back. If I have to eliminate you very passionately, you're not coming back. You're not welcome. So take the hint or I'm just going to have to deliver the pain. And when I deliver the pain, you're going to be like, I didn't realize you had that side of you. <laughs> I didn't realize you were this focused on what you're talking about. I didn't realize you were this serious. I'm very serious. When I get serious about something and you get in my way, I, I you have to be eliminated. <laughs> oh, man. You have to be eliminated. I just have to find whatever way to eliminate you. I'm just letting you know. Yep, this train leaving the station. You can't jump on when I'm going down the railroad tracks. I'm not coming back to the station either. I've left. So you better get down and start running. You better start running to catch up to the train because it's gone. I don't know, man. I'm a little bit different. Shout out to Chan's fault, coach. I never disrespect women after they give me sex. And I do more than once to wait. And I do more than once to to let them know I really appreciate it. But I do not last long on purpose. Uh, <laughs> when you give him the D and he says uh, too good and they want a relationship. And that's true. Never do too, too much. If you don't want a relationship, don't put your back into it. I know y'all be like, I'm going to give him that. You be doing the worm. You're like, I'm going to put my back into it. All right. You only asking for her to go crazy. So if you don't want to deal with crazy women, don't give them good sex. Don't, don't D them down. Because you'll never get rid of them. Uh, shout out to uh, Elton is in the building. Learn culture, cigar versus gym culture, POS, positive versus negative. Yeah. But yeah, become cultural. Learn. I, I don't know. I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, learn culture. Learn not just your culture. Don't be overly obsessed with your culture. Be proud of your culture, but don't be overly obsessed with it. It's actually very beneficial for you to learn 
more languages other than your languages. That's a major sign of intelligence. And that's a that opens a network, a portal, uh, a network portal that will never be closed. Europeans have somewhat of a disadvantage with this because they're barbarians by nature and such. They've so don't trust each other that they diced up their language like crazy in close regions. So they can run around here. I know five languages, but all of their languages is kind of all in the same pod. Like, you know what I mean? Like y'all miles from each other. I know German, Italian, Swiss. You're like, y'all in the same neighborhood. That's like I know people in Arizona, New Mexico, and California. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Y'all right next to each other, you know? And the languages are somewhat similar based off the same thing. You know what I mean? Come on. But it's okay. We'll give you a pass for that. But these other people, by the way, there's people that know languages from different continents. What kind of advantage? That's a fantastic yeah, they're all Latin. They're all Latin-based. But um, people that know languages from different continents, that is a major advantage. I wish I did have the time to do it. But uh, that opens up network. That opened up network. Um, anyway, yeah, they're all based on the romance language and all that stuff. And by the way, they were kind of were all the same until these people said, we don't like these barbarians. We're going to go over here and we're going to put a border up over here. And these barbarians over here tried to come in and everybody just mixed the languages up. You know, they're not that much dissimilar from each other. Hope I made sense with that. Um, anyway, so when European people be trying to impress me, I know five languages. What do you know? I know Latvian, Russian, Ukrainian. You're like, that's 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 two point five languages. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Give credit where credit is due. Shout out to Francisco, man. We're gonna get out of here, man. Thank you for the contributions. We're gonna get out of here and stop playing games. Go get your money right. Go get your mind right. And uh leave you for Francisco getting distracted out here. And we'll be back talking about Leonardo DiCaprio this afternoon. Peace. <laughs> Te quiero porque quiero que me quieras Porque como tú no hay nadie más bonito en tu cielo Estrellar por el mundo Te quiero porque quiero que me quieras